great. What? I, I, just, I just I don't know how ponchos work. But ponchos are. I can't figure it out. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Game podcast, your source for video game commentary, analysis, some news, and funny stuff. I think that's going to be my new opening, you guys. I think I've got it down now. Funny stuff is always going to be in there. Really hoping you're going to say it again. Thank you. (laughs) I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Alexa Ray. Hi. Britt Brombacher. Hello. And Christine Steimer. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Um, So Alexa's wearing a very festive... uh, uh, Zelda poncho. My breath of the wild poncho. I love it. It's, it's great. It's very cozy. Amazing. I got lost in it earlier. I don't know how to wear a poncho, so. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fabric. Just wrap it around like a blanket. Some, <laughs> there was some difficulty, but now I'm all cozy. Um, <laughs> it is getting, uh, it's getting brisk here in California. I know lots of people who live in other places in the world and in the United States are like, yo, it's actually cold where we live. You live in California where 50 degrees is cold. And I say, yes, you are correct. I have become an acclimated baby. Or you can be like me <laughs> a baby and have the pilot baby. light in your house go out and wake up to a 60 degree house every morning. It's pretty gnarly. That's that's rough. I feel like yeah, I would never get out of bed. Pile on the onesies. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so you are wearing your Xbox 360 robe? I am. So you match your green screen. Thank this you. is excellent. Um, so tell us the story about how you got this robe. Where did this robe come from? Oh, man. This came about back in 2009 when I started blogging on the IGN community blogs. And I was all about the community and like representing video games via clothing. And I think I saw this at like Target or something. And Very I was specific. Like, I'm going to totally get that and wear it alone in my apartment and no one else is going to see it but me. And uh, that that's how this came to be. <laughs> you you specifically got it to wear it alone in your apartment. You didn't want anybody to see it, but now you're wearing it on camera. See? Full circle, baby. Full circle. Here we are. <laughs> YOLO. You knew it had a purpose that day you bought it. You just didn't know what it was yet. <laughs> Here we are. Amazing. Thanks. Um, so we have a couple plugs to get to. By the time you're listening to this, we will have found out who won Trending Gamer. Did I win? Did Dr. Disrespect win? Did Shroud come behind the dark horse no one saw? <laughs> Did he win? Or maybe one of our friends um, of the show, Stephen Spawn won. And then, of course, there's Half Coordinated, who's also up for the award. Um, thank you to everybody who took the time to vote. Thank you to everybody who sent me and to What's Good messages on Twitter, on Facebook, on email. Greatly appreciate your support. Um, win or lose, it's been a fun process just being nominated. And... Um, Again, very just grateful for for all of the kind words from everybody. In the third segment today, we're going to be doing a play-along because we are going to do a little prediction show, and you can decide, did we get it right? You'll know because we are recording this show on, on Tuesday because yeah. I'm flying down to L.A. for rehearsals for the Game Awards, and so um, by the time the show airs, 
all of the all of the winners will have been announced. Yeah, um, and I might be in outer space because fucking PUBG. Yeah, we'll, Forget ta- it. we'll talk about that when, when we get to that section of the show. Um, but for everybody who is listening, who is in Southern California, PlayStation Experience is happening this Woo! weekend. Friday night, the special presentation. Um, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, game demos, some cool activations and things happening. We are doing a meetup, a What's Good Games meetup at the Marriott Anaheim on Convention Way, which is right next to the convention center where PSX is happening. We're meeting in the lobby bar. Literally, you can't miss it, folks. At 1.30 p.m. Pacific time, when you walk in the front doors where the valet is for the Marriott, you just walk straight back. The bar is right there. You can't, you, like Literally, it's just it's the bar in front of you. Um, we'll be there. We will be bringing our embroidered hats, which are not available for sale yeah. anywhere else yet. Um, we'll be bringing our custom What's Good Games enamel pins, which will also be for sale. Um, so if you guys want to get those, and um, maybe, just maybe, I'll have some random postcards that we have left over hanging around. And if you come by, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll get one. That's a great idea. We have so many. Oh yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Um, so we we'll do sign them have, for you. Yes, we do have our amazing holiday cards, which just arrived. That um, if you are our IRL patron, you will be getting those shortly in the mail. <laughs> um, speaking of patrons. We will be doing our Turbo Patron shoutouts in the third segment. A huge thank you to all of our new patrons. We had quite a few new patrons this month, which was very exciting. Um, so patreon.com slash what's good games. If you guys want to throw us a buck or two or five or however much is available, uh, if you guys want to support what we do and like what we do, we have some fun exclusive rewards over there on Patreon. If you are so inclined. Yeah. Alexa Ray. Hi. You wrote a book earlier this year and you published it. I did. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> It is. So you can get, I wrote a book on Kingdom Hearts, of course, um, <laughs> with, uh, the, with the publisher Boss Fight book. And it's on sale right now for the holidays. Um, there's a, spe- if you go to, uh, the Boss Fight Twitter, there's also, a, we're give, doing special codes. You can plug in a code and get a discount. And it's also, you can buy my book along with my dear friend Chris Kohler's book on Final Fantasy V and the localization of that game back when he was a, we lad, and then the book on Earthbound and Chrono Trigger in a JRPG bundle, uh, which is super cool. So if you're someone like me, then you should go buy it, and then I can go buy burritos with that money. Yeah, <laughs> that's some good money. Yeah, <laughs> but no, like burritos. I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really proud of it, and like it's you know. It's a very special to me. So if you want to check it out, check it out. And if you bring it to our meetup on Sunday, I will sign it for you. So <gasps> what a great idea. A great idea. That is a great right. idea. Or if you find, or if you find me on the show floor and run up to me, like so many people have done, I will also sign it then. That's fine too. But no, I'll be in one place I'm just and coordinate it. So. <laughs> um, the meetup will again be from 1.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon. And again, you do not need a PSX badge to attend. This nope. is just in the lobby bar of the Marriott. So yes. you can just walk in off the street, say hello, hi, a sandwich, hang out. Yes. You know. They actually have pretty good food at that lobby mm-hmm. bar. They I do. have eaten at that lobby bar a surprising amount of times because so many events are held at the Anaheim Convention Center from VidCon, GameStop Manager Show, PSX, BlizzCon. Uh, D23. There's just so many things there. I seem but. to recall a buffalo chicken salad 
that I had there that was really excellent. So if a you're what? a fan of buffalo chicken salad, <laughs> let's go to the Anaheim. No, yeah, the JW Marriott. No, it's not the, the mo- JW Marriott. The Marriott. I don't know what the it's hell. It's the Marriott. Okay, just, I- <laughs> okay let's, let's start the show. Hotels are hot. It's okay. I don't know. I leave, I leave my home in two days. I have no idea where I'm going or what's You're just happening. like, I get on this plane and it will take me somewhere. <laughs> Yay, Sky Bus. <laughs> Sky Bus. <laughs> okay so uh let's go ahead and jump into some news um this week because we're are you okay i'm awful no you're the best okay so this week because uh we're recording a little bit earlier in the week and because it's december it's a little bit light on news but we got a big dose of news from capcom so they very kindly sent us this really cool little anniversary package to celebrate Mega Man's 30th anniversary they had a stream on monday they gave us little party hats we have a custom set of Mega Man headphones that came with that one of our um, awesome patrons is going to get in a box and they announced Mega Man 11 is coming to the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One in late 2018. The game is a side-scrolling action platformer, of course, in the vein of the previous 10 Mega Man games, but with 3D visuals. Working on the title, title are producers Katsuhiro Tushia. This is my Katsu, favorite part of the show. Katsuhiro Tushia. And director... Koji Oda. Both, thank you. Yeah, I'm good at that. Yay, Alexa's back. Um, We can say Japanese names now. Both veterans of Capcom and the Mega Man series, the pair talked about their goals for the new Mega Man, referring to the game as something of a rebirth for the character. The game's art director and character designer, Yuji Ishihara, Ishihara, created a new look for Mega Man, which leaked earlier this year on the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 release, which you guys might remember. Plus... Also, they announced that they are bringing the Mega Man X series all eight games to the Nintendo Switch, PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. And they announced that during their 30th anniversary livestream as well. And Mega Man X through Mega Man X8 will be re-released sometime during the summer of 2018. So lots of Mega Man news. Um, I I could not have predicted that this was where they were going to go. Obviously, I expected some kind of remaster or another collection. Obviously, we've already had one of those previously. But um, did this, like, um, blow the wind up your skirt, anyone? <laughs> no. <laughs> not my even skirt article. remains flat I don't. and against my body. <laughs> yeah, my skirt has, like, static electricity, and it's, like, clinging to my legs. Like, nothing's getting up that. <laughs> I only wear pants. Nothing impresses me. Um, no, I think it's I think it's great for Mega Man fans. I'd be curious to know how they feel about like the art direction. I think it looks great. I saw the trailer, but it's not something I know enough to care enough about. I feel about this the way I felt about playing Star Fox Two on the SNES Classic. I was like, it is twenty seventeen, almost over twenty seventeen. It is a like two D. 3D elements, side-scrolling platformer. It's like, unless you're doing what, like, Sonic Mania did, which was basically, like, a nostalgia thing, like, you can't make a... I don't know. I just feel like it's... uh, From what I've heard from people so far, it seems that the revamped art style, this rebirth, as, you know, they're calling it, is very divisive. They made him long. Yeah, that some people are really (laughs) into the new art style, and, like, some fans absolutely hate it. They made him long, you know, like in in um Mario Maker, how you can make Mario skinny <laughs> no. Mario. No, 
That is the worst Mario. I hate that Mario. That Mario can die in a fire. Whoa. Yes, because he's he's in a permanent like lumbering Slenderman squat, and he just like kind of scuttles around, and his legs are long and bow legged and weird. They kind of elongated Mega Man like a little bit, and I just see Skinny Mario when I look at it. It makes me really upset. Yeah, I don't oh, like that hilarious. whatsoever. Skinny Mario really really upset me um, when that happened. So I know none of us no. clearly care that much about Mega Man, but did anyone play it growing up? No. Nope. I did not. Alexa Ray did. Yeah. My cousin had all the systems and I played it on it. It's good. It's a good, like, it is a classic, you know, side-scrolling, chew things, a people game. And they were all really solid. Like, the formula worked. Um, It's, you know, the same kind of thing that, like, all the old Marios and all the old Sonics were. And I know fans will probably get really angry at me for lumping them all in the same category, but that's the kind of games that they were. They were, but it was, I guess, like, a lot of people really felt attached to Mega Man himself and then, like, the world of Mega Man. I know that's special to a lot of people. I never really got into it, but Mega Man X, I had friends in, I had dude friends in college that were like, I love Mega Man X and I read all the comic books, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So, like, this is cool and it's great for them, but, like, I'm not particularly excited probably won't play it i don't know yeah you know it's for me i like that they are you know going back to this franchise clearly beloved by a lot of gamers out there retro style games just don't excite me anymore and it's tough because i don't want to like snap judge a game purely on its art style but i walked recently through day of the devs here in san francisco and I would see several games with this kind of 18-bit, uh, not 18-bit, 16-bit or 8-bit art style and kind of go, I don't, I don't know if I even want to play that game because of the art style. And I hate that. I hate that, like, I'm so, like, turned off by it because it doesn't feel original. But at the same time, I know that that art style is sometimes chosen for a particular artistic reason and sometimes chosen because it's cheaper to create art like that and to create art assets like that. And so for an indie dev who doesn't have much money, but they have a concept they want to get out there that potentially going with that art style will Mm -hmm. help them achieve their overall vision easier than having to spend a lot of resources creating original art. So like I kind of see both angles of it, but I don't know. Do you ladies ever feel like you look at a specific type of art style for a game and it immediately turns you off? Yeah, for me, it's kind of the cartoony look that um, I can't think of any games right off the bat, but that looked like it like was hand Like Battleborn, on. maybe? No, no, no. Like, or that's you, fine. It's 2D. more of like the indie game developers. They'll go like... Um, the like Shantae? Yeah, that. What's a Pit People? I don't know if you ladies have seen that. But oh, he, yeah, he yeah. does a lot of stuff like that. But for me, I love that old school uh, retro look for specific kind of games. Spe- specifically, like, um, there's a game called Songbringer that released not that long ago, and it was kind of a throwback to NES Zelda, and it had that look to it. And so if I'm looking for a dungeon crawler or something that kind of reminds me of a game that I've played in the past, then it's a total turn on. And, but other than that, then I'm kind of like, eh. Like, if I'm gonna play something that art style, I wanna feel warm and fuzzy and nostalgic. Yeah. I think the only art style I don't like is basically when i see a game and it doesn't use color very well like anything that's very sort of monotone or a lot of browns like kind of ruddy looking that's when i get turned off like i love i'm with brit i love nostalgic art styles like 
those old uh, 8-bit or 16-bit styles, especially for the right type of game. I love cartoony art. Like I'm, I'm down. If it's good art, it's good art. I don't really care. But I just, mm-hmm. I don't like it when, it, to me, it feels visually bland. Yeah, like you can do stuff like, you can do stuff like, like static pictures moving really well. Um, uh, Darkest Dungeon is a really good example of that, and the, I thought the art direction for that game was beautiful, and that game itself was just phenomenal. Um, but like with eight bit. And like the, the, and like the older, older looking side scrolling ish games or whatever, unless you have, like Andrea said, like a core concept behind it, like Undertale did fantastic because it had a lot of, had a lot of other things going for it. The art style was just very simple. Mm -hmm. But unless you have that kind of complexity in all of your other, in all of your other areas of the, of the game, then I just don't think you can get away with doing like, it's another Mega Man side scroller and you're going to do the same thing you did in all the other games. And it looks like all the old games. It's like, now you're just, you're just copy pasting. Like you're not innovating. You're not doing something new. You're not doing something fresh. And like, I don't know if they're afraid uh, to do something different because they're afraid that fans will not accept it or not like it because it doesn't look like the old stuff but i know that there was a god i forget what it was called polygon did this big expose on it a couple of years back there was a 3d like like first person shooter third person shooter Mega Man game that was in development that was like this big deal and then they just canceled it out of nowhere and it's like dead forever but that would have been cool if they were bringing Mega Man into the modern age um you can't copy paste bring something like that into the modern age i just feel like it's stale but do you think so. i feel like if they had actually released it i don't know that Mega Man fans would have liked it i feel you like please everyone want, i mean granted obviously, the world That's may true. never know but <laughs> i just <laughs> based on the few Mega Man fans that i know they kind of want like the same stuff are you calling yeah. them I have, I have a small sample size here that i'm rolling with but <laughs> yeah you know like i've heard i heard um so tim on, on games daily was kind of talking about how he felt like it looked like it looked like mighty number no. nine and uh, that that was not a good thing no it looked like mighty number no. nine um which is you know interesting in the fact that you know Obviously, KJ Inafune is like the creator of Mega Man, so not surprising that Mega Man and Mighty Number no. Nine looked alike. Yeah, but that Capcom would take kind of what he did with that art style and not mimic or imitate it, but maybe you know riff off of it or do something along those lines. It's hard to know because clearly Capcom is the IP holder and it's their franchise, and so it looks like Mega Man first and foremost. But Mighty Number no. Nine didn't do so great. So I'm not sure if, you know, that was the right route, but it would be interesting to talk to them about, you know, why they decided to have this rebirth and what was the genesis of that instead of going with a more classic style. But um moving on, we've got some more news to cover here. We've got a rumor, ladies and gentlemen. This is not technically a news story, but nonetheless, we thought it would be interesting to discuss. God of War had a Dad release date. Dad of War had a release date leaked. Uh, so from GameSpot, they write, as spotted by the internet super sleuth Wario64, who again, always finds all the stuff. <laughs> um, the game's PlayStation Store product page shows a release date of March 22nd, 2018. The new God of War game was announced at E3 2016, but was a no-show at last year's PSX. And we haven't seen much of it since the initial reveal. We did see a little bit of it at Paris Games Week. Um, so... We all anticipated them, of course, releasing the, uh, announcing the release date at PlayStation Experience, which if you're listening to this Friday morning, hopefully will have happened at the special presentation 
um, you know, this evening, or if you listen to it later in the weekend, you're like, hey guys, I already know. They're freaking um, better. I, re- I, I'm feeling pretty confident that it. PSX is the right place because it's supposed to be coming out Q1 2018. Mm-hmm. It's December now, so they kind of have to announce it soon. But what was interesting is I was discussing with Alexa before the show, March 22nd, a Thursday. Um, March 22nd, granted, I don't know the dates precisely anymore, but that's very close to the end of fiscal for PlayStation. Yes, Furthermore, the original God of War released on March 22nd, 2005. Oh, Ooh. I did not know that. And God of War 2 released March 13th, 2007, and God of War 3 released March 16th, 2010. So there's a thing. So March, March is probably yeah. the window here, right? Yeah. But how do we feel about it being on a Thursday, like I know the game release dates are getting kind of willy nilly uh, these days, but a major AAA game on a Thursday. So we did a little research before the show, and because like most games come out on a Tuesday, and then Nintendo has historically started releasing all their games on a Friday, except mm-hmm. for Prey. Prey this year came out on a Friday. So this year, um, this year, so Prey came out on a Friday. The, all the Life is Strange episodes have been coming out on Thursdays, and Destiny came out. Destiny Two came out on a Wednesday, and the next year, Square is releasing the Secret of Mana remake on a Thursday. I just feel like there's no like day of the week anymore. I feel like developers feel like, well, you know, we don't need that Tuesday or like Friday is totally fine. So if they're trying to like Brittany, it's a really interesting point. If they're trying to like see this as like a fresh new start for God of war, I think it would be super cute if they released it on the same day that the first game was released on. Yeah. I That's interesting. I really don't care when freaking game releases. I mean, I'm sure there's like reasons for it maybe in all the inner workings, but I'm like, whatever, just give me the damn game. I don't care. To me, it comes on. A Friday seems to make the most sense to me as someone who's like, I would pick this game up and then go play it on the weekend. It's like during the week. Yeah, like a movie, like a movie, right? Yeah. Or you could <laughs> pick it up on Thursday and just wait until Friday. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm excited. I, I, I just, <laughs> I really want this game. I really want this game. Dad yeah, of think Dad, dad of work. work. Dad of Yeah, I think it would be cute. Like Alexa said, 13 years after the original release. And I bet this is the release day i bet someone accidentally got a little button happy pushed the wrong button at the wrong time because then they quickly moved it back to what december 31st or something yeah like the plate the placeholder date or whatever yeah yeah having worked there that would not surprise me if somebody oops there's also like all that merch like they released the like playstation experience store merch lineup and it's all this god of war stuff like they have to be announcing a release date they wouldn't be like here's all this merch and we don't know when it's coming out and lol um please one day this game will come out just trust us bye yeah so this was released e3 2016 correct so that was a year and a half ago you mean announced Mm -hmm. yeah that it was announced so is this jog my memory please this has been like a long time without a release date this isn't normal is it for a game to go this long well, oh, yeah, oh honey child. It's yeah. so. Oh, baby girl. So Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> True. So here's the thing. It feels like there is no rhyme or reason to when companies announce <laughs> dates. I personally uh, enjoy when companies will hold off. You like the long tease. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I don't want them to give a date and then push it back and then push it back and then push it back, which we have seen with franchises like Gran Turismo, you know, like pushing the release date back and like several other series. And the thing is, it's like, I would rather <sighs> either they release a date, 
like like um like Fallout Four at E three when Bethesda's like bomb dropped November, the game's coming, like it's ready, right? Like by the time Bethesda announced Fallout and they had a release date, that game was almost done, right? Yep. So like the last few months were like polish, bug fixing, but that code, that game was like completed. So they could confidently say this is when it's this is when it's launching. So either you got to go that route and be like we're not we're keeping everything under wraps until the game is almost finished or you got to just be vague and give Windows like, you know, Q1 or holiday or whenever, late 2018, what have you. Um because it it's all about expectation management. It's frustrating when you put a pre-order in and then you expect the game on a specific date and then it gets pushed back and Maybe it screws up like, oh, I had this budgeted for this month and now it's too close to this and now I have to cancel one. You know, it's it's frustrating. Well, yeah, I agree. I, I do wish it. more publishers would go the Fallout route. Be like, hey, six months PR window and that's it. Like, the game's ready. It's coming out. Hold on to your butts. It's so hard to keep that stuff secret for that long, though. It really is. I was actually extremely impressed with them, the fact that they kept it oh, yeah. for yeah. so long. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll hopefully have a release date, and we'll be able to talk about all the other awesome PSX announcements from the panels and from the presentation on the show next week. But now, we need to talk about Yay! <laughs> some content coming to Assassin's Creed that Alexa is super excited about. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a Final Fantasy 15 mashup. Chocobos, ladies and gentlemen, are coming to Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> Chocobos. She just, I, she just silent screamed. Well, like well, silent screams. Well, one, it's a useful, it's a useful ass thing. It's not some weird ass like Noctis shorts or whatever. It's like an actual <laughs> thing that Bayek can use. I don't want, I don't want, okay. <laughs> so I talked to, I got the chance to talk to both Hajime Tabata, director of Final Fantasy XV, and Ashraf Ismail. My BFF <laughs> and uh, Ashraf Ismail, the creative director for Assassin's Creed Origins, at different game points, director. the game director, um, to talk about this, the Assassin's Festival collaboration. And Tabata was like, yeah, like, they were like, hey, we like you. And we were like, we like you too. Let's do a thing. So we collaborated and put oh some God, things adorable. in each other's games. They That's swiped like, left. Yeah, they did. Romance. <laughs> They did. I heard a, I heard a story from a third party about how I guess the the directors met in, in an elevator at Gamescom and then or something. Ooh. All these meetings happen in elevators. It's very weird. So, um, <laughs> so I was talking to Ashraf and I said, you know, like we were talking about the Assassin's Festival, and he's like, yeah, we were so excited about it. And I'm like, so is there Final Fantasy 15 stuff in um in Assassin's Creed Origins? And he was like. Uh, and I was like, and I was like, are we going to get some like Final Fantasy weapons? And he was like, not weapons. And I was like, what? So at first I was worried. I was worried that it was going to be like Noctis's outfit. I don't want to see Bayek running around the desert and no black and shorts like combat and booties. booties. No, I don't want to see that. I don't care about that. It would be very like, uh, no. what's the word? Anachronistic? No. Anachronistic. Yeah. And but dumb. But like in reverse. It's something from the future that's in the past. Stupid critistic. <laughs> no word. So, um, but it's not. It's a thing that you can actually use, which is a mount. And the mount system in Assassin's Creed Origins is really excellent. So hell to the yeah, I'm going to be riding around the deserts on my damn chocobo. I need to make sure that everyone listening understands what I'm talking that about. This is not confirmed. Oh, it's basically confirmed. However, that was a butt. They posted yeah. a gif to an unnamed quest. 
um, which I believe we have the quest name now. It's uh, called Here Comes a New Challenger, which will see players battle unlimited waves of foes in the Cyrene Arena. Oh, that's a separate quest. That's Wait, for the horde mode. Here Comes a New Challenger. Sounds like Super Smash, Smash Brothers. Brothers. <gasps> yeah. Is Bayek going to be in Super Smash Brothers? Oh oh <laughs> Ridiculous. So in case you guys forgot, um, there is, of course, the um, Assassin's Festival in Final Fantasy XV, where you can get um, the Assassin's Creed robes, I believe. And some um, weapons. Um, and other stuff. So, um, it looked like a horse with like feathers on the back. So essentially it looks, it looked Feather like butt. a chocobo. That, that was, was a chocobo, chocobo butt. butt. Yeah. That was the butt. Brittany so and I know a chocobo butt like when we see it. A chocobo is going to be a horse with a chocobo butt. Oh God. No. <laughs> That's an abomination. No. <laughs> so listen, I'm riding right now. I have the abyssal horse, which is literally a demon horse that's <laughs> on fire. On fire. The when abyssal you ride horse. That's cool. I will show it to you. What the hell? It's amazing. I love it. And I literally bought, I paid money. I put, I took out my credit card and said, Ubisoft, I'm going to Google. Hold on. I'm Googling the abyssal and horse. I need to buy this horse to, to ride around in the game. And the best part is nobody notices. Nobody says anything about the fact that my horse <laughs> is just on fire all well, the time. Well, of course not. Not. That would be weird if I they know, programmed that in. I know, but it would have been in. fun if some of the NPCs, at least one of the NPCs, like Aya or somebody, like was like, "Yo, <gasps> oh my god, this horse is awesome!" I know. That that is what really would be cool. awesome is if when you bumped into people with that horse, they caught on fire. Horsey, right? horsey. I'm also looking up this horse. <laughs> this is an amazing <laughs> horse. Everybody, look up this horse. Oh man, I'm buying oh, this horse as soon as I, I go home. So cool. <laughs> this yeah. is the coolest horse I've ever seen. That is this cool horsey this, of the year. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what microtransactions <laughs> inside video games are for. Shit. For cool oh, cosmetic yeah. items that do not affect the game. I need the horse. I need it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I gotta go home now. No, let's not go home. Wait, I am home, but I need to go. I'm gonna go over here and buy this fucking horse. I no, need this there horse. There is some other content coming in this update. There will be a new difficulty level. I am, and it says when this option is activated, it will have enemy scaling, which the game will automatically do to lower level enemies to your level, which is, um, which is great. Um, I, I think it's, I'm playing the game on easy and now that I'm pretty high level, I'm like level 37 in the game. I, I understand, I, I can see now, like, I feel like I'm not being challenged, but I intentionally put it on easy. So I have to remind myself, Andrea, you put it on easy for a reason to not be challenged. So I'm excited to go back once I've completed the campaign to try some of these assassination missions on a higher difficulty and see how that affects the gameplay from a strategic standpoint because that was one of the big complaints with the game was that hey the assassination missions feel like a throwaway and it's an Assassin's Creed game and I think that a lot of that hopefully my hypothesis is that it has to do with scaling of enemies and how maybe they're too easy to take down. So you don't really have to strategize how you're going to approach it. You can just run in, you know, jump off of the ledge, face. do a single hit. Yeah. Assassination. And then your the mission's over. So, um, it'll be interesting to see like how, how the, how this new difficulty level will change that. But, but yeah, we oh will, uh, we will keep on update. I'm going to talk about Did we have get a, a date for this update? Um, it just says December. Oh my god, hurry the fuck up. It's December. It Give is. It. <laughs> you and the Breath of the Wild DLC and episode Ignis. Like, December is. You're gonna blink and December's gonna be over, so. I'm gonna be home in my parents' house playing all the games I didn't get to play because it was busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Indeed. My um, horsey. So, 
I have one more story on here that I thought we could talk about, but let me know if you guys are excited about this. So we found out uh, this week that NVIDIA has partnered with Nintendo for Wii and GameCube games on the Shield. So this is interesting um, for a variety of reasons. Only? One, it says this in is, China. Yeah, this is specifically in China. Like this is a deal that NVIDIA did with Nintendo only for China. And so you're what this partnership allows you to do is play re-rendered games in 1080p from Wii and GameCube, Nintendo games on an NVIDIA Shield, which is a streaming device. And so what they have said is this is not emulation, that these are, you know, new art assets. And so it kind of has opened the door to be like, hmm, Nintendo, why would you re-render these unless maybe you're going to be doing virtual console in 2018 for Switch? Um, so yeah, that's because kind like, of like, who has an NVIDIA Shield? I do. Okay, besides you, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have one. I don't use it. It's literally in a drawer in the studio somewhere. Um, But um, I have one because I I never had a PC powerful enough to use it before. Um, And so I never never used it. And now that we have the awesome streaming PC here, I just like, there's too many other games to play. And also, like, I would have to update it. And anyway, this is not for that shield. I can't use my shield to play Nintendo games. Like, you have to be in China. So, so I, it, it, the whole thing is kind of an interesting idea. So it's important to remember for people who don't know that um, China used to have a ban on consoles, which ended in 2015. But because of that, it's still difficult for the console makers to infiltrate that market, which is why PC gaming is so gigantic. And mobile gaming, of course, is huge in China. And so that's why we're really seeing this partnership, I think, with NVIDIA and Nintendo because... Nintendo saying, okay, well, clearly there's a, over a billion people in China. We want to sell them our games. Uh, how do we do that? And NVIDIA's like, well, it turns out we're in a lot of the PCs that are in China. Maybe we could, you know, work together on this. We'll use our install base with your software and, you know, come up with this pretty good match. And it's interesting to see what the adoption rates will be. I'm excited to kind of like look and see like how many people are going to be playing these games, these Nintendo games on, um, on Nvidia Shield, what's exciting to me is the idea that these kids in China that never had that NES experience that I had as a kid might be able to have like their first Mario or Zelda or or Pokemon experience. Like to be clear, their first legitimate shield. Mario or Zelda because there's a lot of bootleg video games in China. <laughs> well, yes, and obviously emulators exist, but just a couple of the games that have been announced, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Super Mario Galaxy, New Super Mario Brothers, Wii, and Punch-Out have all been announced uh, that will be coming to the Shield. Uh, Twilight Princess? Yes. The not best Zelda? No, it's what? not the best Zelda, of course. But, but like, of all of the Legend of Zelda games, you pick Twilight Princess? <laughs> So, okay. Are you kidding me? I like Twilight Princess quite a bit. Yeah, I did too, but... But I like the darker tones of it. I guess why I'm curious is why the Wii, which came out in 2006, and why the GameCube, which came out in, like, 2001. Is this just, like, a way for them to show these great games? I think they're all great games, but why those ones? Is that because that's the capabilities of the NVIDIA Shield? Does anyone know? Do you, I mean, this might tie into what Andrea said. Like, maybe the fact that there's GameCube, it's a GameCube and a Wii game, mm-hmm. 
and they're doing it over there might mean that we're getting the virtual console for the GameCube and Wii stuff. Like that would make sense. They haven't done them yet. Like, but, like, but I don't Nintendo know why you put more effort and then only have it in China. I, have you have you met this company called Nintendo? They like to do strange things that don't weird. make any sense. They are so strange. So, I mean, some people read this news and like, oh, this is basically confirmation that we're getting our virtual console. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. I mean, it's, it's it looks good, but if you follow the things Nintendo has done in the past, it's just sometimes their stuff doesn't make sense. I think this is fantastic. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm just kind of like scratching my beard. I'm like, why why these games? My non-existent beard. My Twilight Princess. Jeez, it's a good question. Um. Obviously, I think we would need to ask Nintendo why these specific games. I think Super Mario Galaxy is a great choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about why they chose, for example, Punch-Out! over many of the other games in the Wii lineup of games that exist. Or why they chose new Super Mario Brothers Wii instead of maybe some of the other games that are on that platform. Uh, or why would they maybe wouldn't also bring their legacy library if they're going to be bringing games to the shield? Why not say like, hey, well, we already have these games for virtual console on Wii, right? Like a lot of their legacy library was available on Wii via VC. Like mm-hmm. they already have those files, hypothetically, right? <laughs> they still exist. Um, right. Why not just make them all available? Maybe they will be in time. Maybe they just wanted to go with a couple titles test the water you know, for launch to I, kind of see yeah i mean this is a company that just put out a cereal and it's an amiibo like <laughs> i don't understand touche it also doesn't taste tastes like nothing anyway what um, oh no Alexa Ray try it it's basically oh. it's 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 like a less sweet version of lucky charms it's less i sweeter. like that idea actually that sounds really good to me Okay. Well, they <laughs> apparently they might be sending us some, and if they do, we'll try it together. Please. It'll be delicious. It'll be um, so that's going to do it for us for news for this week. We are going to talk about some games after the break. I got to play a couple of new things, uh, preview a few things, um, and um, Alexa Ray is here to talk about I can't tell because she and Steimer made so many weird notes <laughs> inside. <laughs> oh, you played Xenoblade and Horizon? Uh, I finally played Horizon Zero Dawn. Amazing. We're going to so- talk about it. We're, but before that, we're going to take a short <laughs> break in here from one of our sponsors. Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Bye. This episode of the What's Good Games podcast is brought to you by TakeThis.org. Take This AFK Rooms are mental health first aid for conventions worldwide. And without the Psychomancers, they'd just be empty space. Since 2014, Take This has been sending Psychomancers to conventions worldwide, trained in the art of mental health first aid. Psychomancers create safe, welcoming spaces for people dealing with mental health issues and can help guide people in distress to the help they need. Between training, insuring, flying, lodging, and feeding our psychomancers, Take This spends over tens of thousands of dollars a year to help thousands of people dealing with mental health issues at conventions all over the world. And the psychomancers need your help to keep flying. Visit the Take This Patreon at patreon.com slash takethisorg to learn more about the Psychomancer Project and how you can help bring help, healing, and hope to people around the world. Become a sponsor of the Take This AFK Rooms, staffed with psychomancers, stuffed with hope. Patreon.com slash take this org. 
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is What's Good Games, and we are going to be talking about our hands-on experience. So um, before the break, we were talking to Alexa about how she finally, finally played Horizon Zero Dawn. And yeah. Steimer, you finished The Frozen Wilds. No, no. I'm, so, I'm playing it. I didn't finish it. Oh, you're playing it. You're I'm midway through. It. I also haven't... I completed the, the campaign part, but there's like some of the side stuff um, I haven't done yet. But... I have talked about Horizon Zero Dawn extensively <laughs> on this show and Alexa Ray. Alexa, oh, did you beat it? Don't break my first question. Don't break, don't break you're going to. I'm about halfway, uh, more than halfway through. Um, <gasps> so, <laughs> so I, so I, I started, I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn and playing it with my boyfriend. We were playing it together and, uh, the beginning, the whole, like, this, like, this, like, the, the concept of the world was really cool. I really like it. I think it's awesome. Um, I feel a butt coming. Oh, there's Wait, a no, major no, butt no, coming. There's, there's, there's two butts. There's, there's two butts here. There's a butt and okay. then a butt to the butt. So, so, so I, I, I got really into the story. Like, I really love Aloy as a character. I like her a lot. I like that Ashley Birch kind of plays her a little stoically. Like, like I like just her as a person and the performance behind her and the way that they've written her. I thought was, I thought was really great. Um, I I don't know how I don't want to really want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it yet. So I don't so I don't want to say it's fine. Brittany's it's shaking her enough. head. It's no, no, I don't enough. want to do that to you. Don't I don't want to do that to you. Are you trying to talk so, about story spoilers right now? Yes. Oh, can uh, you be just vague? Be like that yes. one part. I can be vague. I can be vague. I can be super vague. So not. It's not really in the beginning. It's right before, right before you are given the quest in which the world is open, becomes open to you, and you can so go off into the wilderness. So when you move out of the Nora lands, right? There's an event that happens, and there is a, a, a person that's very important to Aloy, and there's stuff things happen to this person, and uh, I like saw that coming ten thousand miles away. So that's really early in the game still. It is, yeah. and at that point, I sat back and I was like. Okay, now it's falling. Now it's going to fall into every single cliche of everything. Um, the cutscenes that happened after that, where she's talking to another character and sort of talking to people about like her origins and like the way that the town works and the way that like the the religion of this town works. I saw all of that coming, and that felt really predictable. And I was like, I see where this is going. I see where this is going. I see where that. I see where that's going. Okay. And then I sort of was like, okay, well maybe like stuff happens later, and it's fine. Um, and then I went out into the wilderness and started completing quests and talking to people and I felt, oh, I've played this game before. It's called Tomb Raider. Uh, I felt very, mm, I felt like I was playing a game that I had played before and I was like, okay, fine. Okay. And now here's the butt to the butt. So there was a moment in the story and I was like, okay, I'm collecting all this stuff and I'm fighting, I'm fighting these, the, the robots are really, really cool. And I'm fighting all these things. And then this thing happens in the story. It's about two thirds of the way through the game and I like, like, I just, I had an emotional moment with this game. My first emotional moment with this game. And I was like, oh no, I'm an asshole. And everything I thought about this game was absolutely wrong. Um, this is not the story that I, that I thought it was going to be. And I sort of got really obsessed with it and then spent way too much time doing all of the side quests. And then I got all these other skills and spend a lot of time like swimming underwater and shooting things out of the sky and just sort of like running around and like being a derp and like 
and and the, the game opened up and I got very angry at myself for being an asshole about being mad about like the first couple hours of the game. So I was not impressed up until a certain point and I was like, this feels really familiar. And I'm far enough in the game, I haven't finished yet. But I realized I'm like, no, I'm like, yes, this game feels familiar. But Horizon Zero Dawn is a textbook example of developmental iteration on concepts and themes and gameplay tenants that have worked elsewhere. Like in that game, I see elements of like Assassin's Creed. I see elements of Tomb Raider. I think the team has said that Tomb Raider was their inspiration in like a ton of interviews. But a lot of people make make games that are samey and that they look at Tomb Raider like, all right, we're going to make an action game, like whatever. Like the way that, you know, people said Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of, of War feel like they're a Batman game or an Assassin's Creed game and they copy pasted it onto this nemesis system and that's its core tenet. I couldn't put my finger on exactly all of the little things that Horizon expands on in a smart way and does in a different way. But you can see when you play it, you can see all of its DNA and like every move you make and you can see the legacy of games that came before it. And then it's just developed on it and changed it and reworked it into this incredible world that yes, looks freaking beautiful with this amazing character that like I completely fell in love with. And this story idea that makes you think, you know, where it's going for the longest time and then comes in and like punches you in the crotch and is like, nope, sorry, <laughs> not today. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And it made me want to crumple into a corner and cry because one, I've gone this whole year without, um, without, uh, uh, playing it. And two, I was sick last week and I was prepared to come on the podcast and be like, I think this game was overrated. And then I spent more time with it and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I was sick last week <laughs> and, didn't, Would have been and, so didn't, and didn't do this thing. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't dig this embarrassing hole, but no, I'm like, I really, really like it. And like, I'm not done with it yet, but I, I was going to pick, I was prepared to say that Super Mario Odyssey was my game of the year. And now that I'm almost done with this game, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> Like, yay! Yeah. So, so join this the club. Hopefully, I finish it soon. <laughs> How okay, I want to like, finish so it. I played like maybe like ten hours of Horizon Zero Dawn, and what I played okay. was great. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of got lost because it lost me because of all of like the, the environments is all woodsy, and to me that's like not exciting and not like enticing enough to explore this world. I just kind of got sick of it. So how long did it take you? How many hours before you're like, okay, this is this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Well, as someone who's a fan of the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, who only writes about walking in the woods, <laughs> I had no, pro I had no problem with the woods in Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, you know, I wish I could give you a solid answer because I know what you're asking me is probably how long in the main campaign it was before I decided I was I was in. Yeah, and I literally just let the world kind of pull me in a bunch of different directions, and I also took like a really cuckoo three hours to like swim in a lake and shoot things out of the sky and just like rescue people that got stuck on platforms and go find other like people's spears and weapons and like run these errands for people uh because aloy i guess has time to do errands while the world is crumbling um <laughs> don't they all don't they all i just that's every that's yeah. every rpg ever oh no 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 oh, final oh, fantasy yeah. 15 is the biggest offender it's like my father died and my bride-to-be is missing let's go hunt chocobos and like whatever so yeah like 
<laughs> and and you know make camp and bro up but I don't know. I think it might be a little, a little bit longer than the time you spent. I just let the world, it's what I did with Assassin's Creed Origins. I just kind of let the world organically pull me around. And then I realized, oh, I um, should probably be doing a, th- a thing. So by the time I was ready to like go complete the story and get to the point where it hooked me, I had almost the entire skill tree. I had like two thirds of like the skill trees filled out. And I was just like this powerful, like bamf just running around i would su- suggest for people listening or watching and for brit that you pepper in some of the main campaigns as you are exploring the sandbox because certain things are locked behind the campaign that won't open up for you or be available to you until you do those missions and it really will flesh out your experience in a way that makes it feel a little bit more complete if you can manage to keep your focus a little bit to like Make sure that you are doing those semi-regularly. You don't need to, of course. And you, of course, can skip a lot of the side content if you want to. But I have said this before and I'll reiterate. If you are playing this game right now or if you have intentions to play, I can't recommend enough that you do all of the side quests before you go to the main mission. And the game will clearly indicate to you when it's time to go to the final mission. Kind of like Mass Effect very clearly communicated to you like, yo, this is like the go time. Are you sure you're ready to go? (laughs) The game will communicate that to you. And I have, I'm about to do my third playthrough of the final mission. Oh my God. Um, And it gets better the more you do. The more you do, the more rewarding that final mission is. So, and Britt, I would say, and, and to anybody, like, make sure, I know you just said the side quests, but specifically the cauldrons, do those when you're an appropriate level for them, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's number one, an interesting story element, and two, it's helpful in terms of gameplay. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. The level so, design inside the cauldrons is yeah. amazing. Also, like, this game super inspired me to, like, go to the gym more often because Aloy is a beast. I can't even do, like, two pull-ups. Ridiculous. The thing that's crazy to me is I, in video games in general, so I I think maybe Lara Croft has a similar animation as well. The the dodging, I'm like, my God, girls diving head first. Like, just a head first roll is her dodge. I'm yeah, like, it's a dodge roll. That's boss, like, ballsy. She should be like, you know what? Head first, go! <laughs> like, <laughs> I just you have to land. do that in real life and how terrifying it would be. Oh yeah. I used to, I'm, I'm professional, I talked about this before, I'm professionally trained in stage combat and we call that a dodge roll, which is also what they call it in every other game. Um, but you're supposed to dodge and like the brunt of the impact on the ground is supposed to be like your shoulder fat. So like right here, you're supposed to, dive and then land here and then dislocate your shoulder oh yeah yes <laughs> that's a thing apparently that can happen i wonder i wonder how my shoulder has gotten so screwed up <laughs> you doing all these dodge rolls and I not telling us i don't know but you my just dodge rolling in your spare time yeah you know so, i don't need a rotator cuff on this side it's fine <laughs> just dodge rolls dodge roll that you can unlock in the skill tree is excellent by the way extended dodge roll yeah you can hold down the button and she does like a farther like a really dodge long dodge roll, roll. oh see yeah. i imagine yeah. like really just mess up your shoulder rolling no it's like a it's like a longer leap so you get farther she away like she like really dives for it yeah it's okay like, it's like a little bit of a, i actually a forgot that i had that skill now that you mentioned it, i'm like oh yeah i could have done that <laughs> so i it's would incredibly helpful for I'm, some of I'm the now starting game frozen enemies. wilds it's so good and yeah 
it's um it was definitely a little bit like oh crap i forgot how to play this game and i'm what was i doing i was basically like roll i wasn't trying to roll i was like basically just hitting all the wrong buttons and as you're going into the area it immediately is like here's a new robot f you and I'm like, crap, crap, like, how do I, shit, how do I do anything? Oh, God, arrow, uh, what does this arrow do? Oh, no, like, I just was <laughs> panicked and like, oh, no. And it took a really long time to take down, even though I'm, I'm not quite level 50. I think I'm level 47. Um, So to me, I was like, okay, this is not messing around. Like, they are definitely going to try and mess you up with their new monsters. And I was okay with that, but I just, I needed I need to like spend more time relearning all of the things that I had because I like you just said, Andrea. I forgot about the super long dodge roll, but I totally have that. I just didn't do it at all. I just like baby dodged old round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um the the Frozen Wilds. Um, what I really loved about that DLC is that it made me want them to do an expansion like that for every tribe in the game. Because the tribes are so unique and like the Banuk are just one tribe. And while I did think it was interesting learning more about, you know, where they came from as a tribe and their beliefs and their kind of hierarchy within their tribe and how it fits into the overall narrative and how they've tied it back to the, to the main story arc of Horizon, it made me like thirsty for more. I was like, oh, I want to get this with all of the other tribes, like then in, in the Sun Kingdom and like I want more from the Nora and, you know, the people in the jungle. And I just wanted to like learn more about the world because I just love this world so much. And I hope against hope that we are going to get a sequel. I mean, there are some uh, certain things set up that kind of lead me to believe that that's going to happen. Obviously, it was an incredibly successful game for PlayStation and for Gorilla. So I have to imagine that we will, but obviously they haven't announced anything yet. I mean, this is the era of multiple DLCs where games can release DLCs a year and a half after they're, they actually come out, Final Fantasy XV. So I would... <laughs> We're getting more next year. I don't want to yeah, talk about it. That, but that was all, that was all announced, the, all the DLC that came out this year. I mean, the 20, the stuff for 2018 is new, but. Right. But like, considering how well Horizon Zero Dawn did and like, we've gotten one expansion for it. Like, I think it's very plausible that we'll get an announcement of like another like add on expansion. I mean, if the game is doing well and it's, you know, super popular, I can definitely see Sony having Gorilla like make more for it. So I think that will depend on how well the Frozen Wild sells because the problem with DLC is that just because you may have an install base, let's just go with a million, um, that like a very, very small percentage of people will actually go back and purchase anything, especially so long after that game has released. So this is almost a year after the game came out. And like who's buying it? I mean I did, but it's it's one of those things where like when you start cutting it, you keep cutting it more and more the longer you get away. And that's why day one DLC existed for such a long time or still does. Um, it's because the closer you are to the game's release date, the higher chance you have of those users purchasing it. And the farther you get away, the less likely. Yeah. Well, they're, they released this week, the complete edition, uh, which includes the frozen wild. So I will be interested to see, um, how that affects sales. Back in June, 
there was a story that said um, there is uh, 3.4 million copies sold, according to a story on IGN. But that was back in June. So clearly there's been several months since oh, yeah. then. And they, like I mentioned, they have this new edition that's released. So maybe, you know, they'll announce some cool numbers in January. But regardless, over 3 million is, is great. That's a, that's an awesome number, especially for a platform exclusive. Those yeah. are, and for a brand new lower. IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, ladies. So. I'm looking now for a new game. I just finished Wolfenstein 2. Do I do Shadow of War? Do I continue with Assassin's Creed Origins? Or do I jump back into Horizon? Horizon. Girl, I think you you have to play Horizon now. Finish Horizon. And I say that because obviously we, I've been a huge proponent of that game all year. But just so that you have the experience and the knowledge of why that game was, um, nominated for so many awards and why I predict that it will get a lot of accolades this year from various outlets, um, including ours. Um, so I would say definitely, definitely finish that Assassin's Creed can wait because you'll want to take your time with Assassin's Creed. There's a lot to explore there. Uh, Their open world is much bigger. I mean, Horizon's open world is big. But like Assassin's Creed Origin is like next level. Like it's, I think it's Horizon's gigantic. like yes, Horizon's a manageable size, which I yeah. appreciated. I feel I still feel Assassin's Creed is too big. That's what she said. Okay, I will <laughs> play Horizon Zero Dawn. You got a problem with big? Play Horizon. Yeah. Play Horizon, and then get Assassin's Creed Origins, and then get your Abyssal Horsey. Horsey. Fire horse. Horsey. Horsey. But Britt, you have been playing um, some other stuff. You have a, a few games on your list here. So we've already talked about Wolfenstein quite a bit. We've talked yeah. about Comrades. Let's uh, let's hear about this human fall flat. What is this game? <laughs> so this is a game de- developed by No Breaks Games. It came out on PC in 2016, PS4 and Xbox 2017, May this year, and it just came out on Switch. It's coming out on Switch, sorry, December 7th, and the embargo lifts on Thursday, so we're good. Um. It's a very strange game, something I've kept my eye on for a while, but haven't quite pulled the trigger because it's kind of like the physics of I've never played Octodad, but I've heard it's like that oh, goat man. simulator. Um, you're essentially a, a skeletonless blob of a human and you kind of walk around all wonky. Physics are really silly. And I've only spent maybe 45 minutes with this and I've had my eye on it because Jason and I like to play games. And now that we have finished Divinity Original Sin 2, we're like, what the hell do we do with our lives? This weekend, we went through like three different games trying to fill the void. None of them were successful. So then we went something completely different, which is this game. And it's so silly because it's split screen co-op and you have to solve like various puzzles, which sound really easy, like push a button, walk through a door or climb something and then push a button and walk through a door. But the physics are so effing funny because they're like, they're skel- like they have no skeleton. So they just can like flop around and it's, it's hard to explain, but within like the first 10 minutes, we were crying from laughter. I, I think this is a great game if you just want to pick something up, kill some time. It's like a stress reliever because it's really funny and entertaining. Uh, great for co-op. And I would suggest, uh, someone, like, you know, anyone, just play it. Find someone and play it. Like, Andrea, pick John. And just do it. Have a drink or do whatever it is. It's hilarious. It's strange. Human Fall Flat. Human Fall okay. Flat. Yeah, it's just one of those games that it, it's, it's not like a well-designed, thought-out, like, super deep immersive game. It's just it's a like super simulator. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or like Quop, like where you have, are you, are you controlling different limbs with different keys? 
Is that yeah, how it you works? Can, oh my you god, control cloth your arms is so good. And you can control like in which direction your arms go, and they can go in any direction you really want. And your look, your body looks broken half of the time. Um, I love me some ragdoll. It usually physics. is the ragdoll. Oh, so good. Thank you. That's the word I was right. looking for. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. The blobby and, blobby McBlob physics. Yeah, it's even on your own. I imagine it'd be funny, but it's like kind of the perfect game to like sit down and just unwind with because it's so silly and so mindless, but so effing funny. If you find these things funny, like I do. But yeah, no, I'm sure we, I'm sure we do. Yeah, it's great. I'm into it. Um, so I've gotten the opportunity to play, um, a couple of new games that are not out yet. So one of the games that I got to play, I actually played this afternoon. It's called SOS. And when I first heard the pitch for this game, I was kind of like, um, I don't know. And I still am like, I kind of left the event going, wow, this is an interesting game and I don't know how I feel about it. So let me describe it to you. So it's multiplayer only and it's um, part cooperative, part performative. And in the end, um, you either are going to get um, out with your friends or you're going to get backstabbed by your friends. So what's cool about this game is that it has this really performative aspect, um, and it kind of feels like it draws clearly from Battle Royale um, games. It kind of has like that Hunger Games vibe. And then it also kind of feels like it has some elements that we saw in games like The Division, where like, are you working with your friends? Like, are you going to make an alliance with other people to try to get things out? Or are you just purely defending and trying to escape? So um, the game itself is... Um, a single player game and you, your ultimate goal is to find a relic on the island. So you're dropped in on an island and you need to find a relic. You need to set up a signal flare to call a helicopter to initiate an evac. And then you need to get to the helicopter and be one of the three people. There's three seats on the helicopter um, that makes it into the helicopter to escape the island. You said it was a single player game? Single player. But then you said it was multiplayer only. So what I mean by single player is like as of right now, um, they don't have like squads implemented like they have oh, in okay. games like um, PUBG so or So it's basically solo queue only. Right. For right, for right now. That may change okay. in the future, but this game is still in closed beta. Um, and so they are still obviously tinkering and balancing and figuring out, you know, what they want to do. They don't have a date for when it's going to be available uh, publicly. Uh, but you can, um, when I'm done here, I'll, I'll give some information about where you can go to sign up for, um, for the closed beta if you're interested in trying it. So the developer is named Outpost. And it's a group of people that have over 20 years of experience making video games. Um, the head of the team that I spoke to that gave a presentation um, has a history in Quake mods mm. and is inspired by the drive to perform and gave this kind of very like um, braggadocious performative aspect of like doing cool stunts. So they referenced um, how people in some of the early days of Machinima on YouTube would perform stunts in games like Halo in gameplay and they would show off these crazy stunts. Obviously we see that today in a lot of video games and in, in content creation, both on Twitch and on YouTube, which is an interesting way to approach game development because they really said that they wanted to provide players an ability, a way to show off their skill and creativity in games. And they didn't want to think of players just as, consumers of content in games and 
they were playing off this idea that everybody likes to have a supportive audience and that audience having an audience will fundamentally change your experience. And he used an example of imagine you're playing basketball in your driveway, just you, you're just shooting some hoops solo in your driveway. And then imagine like you make a, a crazy like three point shot, but like no one's there to watch. Now imagine you're playing basketball in your driveway, but 20 of your neighbors just stop by to watch you play. <laughs> And how that changes how you perform and how you feel about your performance and your desire to want to do a cool thing. And if you make that three-point shot in front of your neighbors instead of by yourself and how much more rewarding it feels to do something really cool with an audience versus not having an audience. And I was like, okay. I'm follow I'm following you with what you're what you're trying to go for here. I get it, especially in an era where Twitch streaming and YouTube gaming streaming is so popular. Um and Mixer and all of these other caffeine and all these other platforms that are coming up in streaming and how this idea that people like watching other people play and that people play specifically to their audience. I was like, okay, I see what you guys are laying down. Um they in order to achieve their vision, they had to create a proprietary technology that they're calling the hero platform, which essentially puts your microphone, so you're wearing like a chat headset, as the primary mechanic in the game. So a microphone is required to play this game. Okay. So if you play this game, you have to have a headset with a microphone or you have to use a camera with a microphone. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Uh, I'm not sure how people are going to feel about that. So I immediately was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that mechanic, but okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go along for the ride here. And so they continued talking about how SOS is this game where it's all about the yes and. So yes and is a concept that's used in improv. If you've ever been to an improv comedy show, you've probably heard the yes and. The idea is essentially you say yes to everything because the moment you say no, you shut down the idea and then the game's over. So the idea is that you, you know, crash land on this island and you run around and you try to find things. Guns are a very limited resource. Bullets are an even more limited resource. But essentially, you want to find a relic. So you're going to be looking around for a relic. And then once you have the relic, you need to find a flare gun to send the flare to signal the helicopter to come in. And you're going to encounter other players. And the idea is that you want to interact with these other players and potentially make alliances or make friends with them. And then maybe you escape with them. Or maybe... You get murdered like I did in the first four minutes of the match. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So how did they, how did they like murder PUBG. you? So here's the thing that I found. So I played two matches, and each match was thirty minutes long. Um, because of, we were in a demo environment, I wasn't able to like leave the match right away, like you can in PUBG, and then start another match. I had to like sit and watch the entire match. Oh, that's but annoying. What I, But what I learned about watching the match was there are – this really gives a platform for performance. So before the match begins, you pick a character and you can customize it. So there's like about a dozen or so like template characters, a a bunch of different genders, different races, you know, like hairstyles. You can pick, you know, the color of your outfit and et cetera, et cetera. You pick a character and you can customize it. And then you go into these, um, you go into this room with a stage and everybody has an opportunity to say a little something. So there's a, some generic email. It's like a wave. There's a high five. There's a point. And then when you have like 
a couple of seconds to like say something into your microphone to like let people know who you are. And this is where the game got really fascinating because there were clearly some people who were all the way invested in creating a character. Like there was this one girl who was uh, GLaDOS who spoke with a computer. So they had community members of theirs inside our matchmaking pool to help fill out the, um, the match. And so we could get an idea of what they were going for people who've been playing in their closed alpha for a while. Um, and there was this one girl who kept speaking in this robotic voice and she would kept saying these lines. Like it felt scripted, but it wasn't. It was just this community member. I don't even know if it was a female. She just had a GLaDOS like voice. Um, and she kept saying these things and it was so fun to watch her like interact with these other players in a way that she was so committed to the bit because any good improv show, the actors need to be committed in order for it to be funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they kind of like drop character or, or, you know, like stumble around or fumble for their words, like it, it takes the comedy away. And there was a couple other community members that were just so committed to their bits. There was this one girl who had an accent that sounded exactly like Harley Quinn. Like, like down to like the pudding, you know, like oh she just God. like, well, you know not to so... trust her then. She's going to stab <laughs> you in the back. She actually was really nice. And she, she helped me because I was struggling. That with is not true to character. Commands. Um, uh, because I am a console, I'm a console player and you guys know this. Um, and I was struggling. And so w- what happens is like, if you get attacked, so there's monsters on the island too. And if you get attacked by these monsters, you get infected and you have to find these mushrooms and eat them in order to stave off the infection to try to escape the island before the infection like overtakes your body. Um, but if they attack you, you also lose health. And so there's papayas that you find. It's like they're, they're, flagship item is mm, these papaya. papayas that you find papaya. that you can eat to regain health and if you find people on the island and they see that you're either infected because you have this like growth on you as you become more infected <laughs> or if they, they see you bleeding they can be like hey do you need a papaya do you need a mushroom and she held something out to me and i accidentally punched her <gasps> when i was trying to andrea so in the first round this happened because I, I literally had been playing the game for four minutes. Just started playing the game. Didn't know the hotkeys yet. Was st- like looking at the diagram <laughs> they had next to the keyboard station trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing. And I accidentally punch a guy who's like, here's some health. And the guy that was with them beat me to death instantly. <gasps> oh my like, God. I, I act- and the guy that I accidentally punched knew that I accidentally punched him because I was trying to figure out the controls because you can talk to all these people. I was about and to I say, like, couldn't oh, you just sorry, be like, yo, I'm sorry? Key. And he's like, oh hit F, God. hit F or whatever. And I was like trying to do it. And then his friend's like, oh, you're dying now. And then I instantly died. Oh my God. Like, I was friend, so Friend is real aggro. Okay, oh, like, truth. never give Andrea fucking papaya. Like, no okay. She will punch you. L- listen, I didn't in- punch punch intentionally. So the, th- the thing was that I learned from this experience was like, I, I think it's a really exciting premise, um, that you can create a fictional character on, and then try to socially engineer is the term they use, these relationships. Do I want to be friends with these people? There was at one point a group of like six people running around together. And I was like, this is not going to last forever because only three people can escape, right? Like eventually someone's going to turn. And then I was flipping through all the different alliances on the island and I came across this pair 
who had the the girl, the pudding girl, and this other guy, um, who had a it was like Brago um, Bobbins or something. He it was like it was a play on one of the Hobbit names Hobbit that I did not like. Brago um, Bobbins. I no, I, I'm messing it up. It's not right. Um, anyway, um, they were running around the island together for most of the match, uh, just the two of them. And then they, they manage to find a relic and they get to the helicopter site. They're waiting at the helicopter site, trying to make sure to like stay in the background in case someone like storms the helicopter right before it takes off. And the helicopter comes, it lowers the hook. There's two of them. There's three seats on the helicopter. He turns and shoots her point blank in the face. <gasps> After being alliance with her the whole match and there's three seats and the two of them could have both escaped and instead of escaping together he was an asshole and shot her and killed her and made her lose the match holy shit i will shit. say that is the sign of a sociopath and not somebody that you'd want to be friends with i am what ugh. like why like that that literally is sociopathic behavior why would you ever do that i mean sure and, and, Oh, go ahead. You know, go ahead, Brett. I'll say sure, but it's also fascinating because it's like it's kind of like those role playing servers and WoW and other MMOs that you get to see. Like you really can. I, can, I see what you're saying. Like you can really get into this character if you have several different avatars. You could have one who, like Simon said, sociopath who will shoot you in the face, or you could have one who hands you papayas after you have a growth spurting out of your back. You know. So I'm curious: is there like a reputation system or anything for these characters? You know, that's a good question. Um, I didn't get a chance to deep dive with the dev team. Um, and obviously the, they, they mentioned at the start of the demo that uh, a lot of this is still like in progress, that they're still like tweaking things. And, you know, as they gradually widen out the player base inside the closed beta, um, that, you know, they'll, they'll take those learnings and kind of in, um, add them in. Um, but it's, Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to me. The thing that, that I liked about this game was it allows people who have a creative flair and who love to perform to be able to have a platform where they can really utilize that from a gameplay perspective, which is not something that we really see very often as a primary mechanic in a game. As you mentioned, there are specific role playing types of um, subsets or mods or like um certain areas or servers of games but it's not like this is like the main thing and i can see specific streamers really having a great time with this however it's going to be interesting to see how their player base survives knowing that you have to have a microphone and you kind of have to participate you can <clears throat> excuse me you can technically survive if you lone wolf it but it's difficult to do because if you find yourself in trouble and you need to ask for help or you're running into somebody, I'm <coughs> <coughs> sorry. Yeah. I don't, uh, Britt, I don't think your mm. reputation system would work because right. then you would immediately know like, Oh, that person's who you can use. Like that ruins the game. No, 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 well, no, no but actually there, there is, there are keywords that will, will, will say, um, who you are. Like one was like friendly. One was brutal. So there is some kind of a reputation system built in. And what was funny about it is that we played with the same people in the second match and they matched up the people who you met on the island the first time in the, in the initial square off. So in the beginning of each match, when you're at the stage where you get a chance to present yourself, it's you against one other person, kind of like, you know, family feud style at the end mm. where it's like one V one. It's like yep. that where you're at a table and you're both there and you have the opportunity to say something to the other person. I got paired up with the guy who murdered me 
The first, <gasps> the first match. Oh shit! And he was like, "Oh hey, sorry about that." And I was like, "Go fuck yourself." Good. <laughs> did you actually say that? I did. I was. Like, yes. Listen, I don't want to be like high and mighty. Like my time is more important than anybody else. But it also is. But like we. We have a lot of these events that we go to and we have a very limited amount of time to learn about the game. And I got very frustrated that at a press event, I was murdered in the first four minutes of a 30 minute match. And then I couldn't play for the rest of the match. You know, like, do you so know that, who that, that guy was? Other- like, was he a community member? Was he another? No, he was just another press person. And he came, he came, up to, he came up to me and apologized. He was like, I didn't realize that it was going to be like that. And I was like, dude, it's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I said, this isn't on you. It's like, <laughs> yes, it is. We're in a circumstance where I don't get to respawn in and play the game and actually experience it to like get a good preview of it. But we played another match and I lasted quite a bit longer. And actually a monster took me down the second time around. I found two other people who were, took pity on me. <laughs> They're nice to me. <laughs> Something else I'd be curious to know is can you pair up with your friends? Because if you, if it's three people who can make the helicopter, then maybe you'll start seeing really good teams pairing up. And doing oh these yeah, I mean, I I have to imagine squads is going to be a thing for them. I don't know why it wouldn't be for doing this type of a of a game, but it's interesting seeing how people paired off just because of the characters that they created. Mm-hmm. Like there was this one guy who um, played like um, a cross dressing woman uh, slash man named Tina who had a very deep voice. Um, and he like committed to the bit the entire match, which I was really impressed with. And then there was um, another, another guy who, um, who was Terry who committed to being this like man, a few words. And so whenever anyone spoke to him, he only had like one or two things to say. And I was uh-huh. really impressed with the level of character development from just, you know, community members, streamers, just gamers, people that were like, hey, I just want to, like, p- play a role in a video game. And I I really commend uh, the team at Outpost for thinking outside the box with this kind of battle royale mechanic and really putting an interesting twist on it in a way that I could never have predicted. When they told me about the concept for this game, I didn't get it. And then I saw it in action. I was like, wow. This is really unique. I mean, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier and say that because of the performative aspect of it, I think it's not going to get as big of a player base as they would hope because today, for example, like, I mean, I speak on camera for a living. I love talking into microphones. I did not want to talk to random people while playing this match today. And I think that's why PUBG is so popular. You don't have to talk to people in PUBG. Like you can play that game and you never say a word to anybody and be successful and get your chicken dinner. But you can also have a lot of fun playing with friends and talking to people if you want to. Right. But like this game, like I don't think that you can be successful without saying anything in this game. Um, because if people come up to you and start talking to you and want to high five and make an alliance and they're like, Hey, do you have a mushroom? I'll trade you like a, a like a knife for, for a papaya or whatever. Right. And then you say nothing back, then they'll probably just kill you. Or abandon you, right? Like, hmm. it's gonna be. I'd be curious be to see how to long. See. Like how, as more people start to play this game, does it start to turn into just a regular-ish bloodbath? And at some point, what what is that tipping point? Right? Like, is it a certain amount of time into the game? Because I just feel like the battle royale thing is so um, popular now that, 
and people are sort of messed up in the head. <laughs> so like, I feel like more, most people would just be inclined to kill you. And Unless I know you're saying like you have to, you need to work together, but like there's yeah. definitely got to be a point where it's like now everyone's free for all, kill everyone. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. This is really interesting. Here's the see how it does. I feel like, like you said, this would be a great game for streamers. They love talking and performing anyway. So. Yeah. Oh my god, can I be like bat spectate? dad on this island? <laughs> yes, yes you can. So there's also an audience voting mechanic, which I didn't mention before. So the more people that you have watching your stream, they all show up in your game as audience members. What? Um, so it's integrated where, um, and the audience can vote to drop specific things on the island. They can dro- dro- uh, vote to drop something that'll help you, or they can vote to drop something that won't benefit you, that might hurt you. Um, and there is a, a emoji type, um, emotion system. So like after I got murdered, <laughs> I didn't die. I got straight up murdered. Um, that, um, I could spectate other players and I could vote. So like when I was following the GLaDOS character around, she kept hitting these amazing one-liners and I was like, you're fucking so great. I love this. So I kept hitting the, like the laughing emoji. There's like a laughing emoji, like a love emoji, a shocked, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. And then there's like an angry emoji. And then there's like a hand clap, like a, like a good job or like applause. And so you can click these as people are doing things. And so they can see how the audience is reacting. There was a moment where I was out exploring by myself and I got into like a crazy fight with a monster, but I beat the monster and I got a, a couple hand clap emojis. And I was like, oh, people are watching me. Um, and it was weird because it tied back full circle to what they talked about at the beginning of the presentation about this performative aspect about how you behave differently when you know people are watching. And I was like, that's, it's fucking kind of genius. This but game I, sounds so complicated. <laughs> yeah. I, wa- I do want to play it though. It sounds interesting to try. Yeah. It was like the, like the gameplay itself is relatively simple. It's like you're on an island. You either get a gun or you get a knife or something. You hit monsters. You try to find a relic and then you escape. It's actually like, it's the interesting part is the dynamic between players, right? Like that's. It's, gonna be yeah it's an interesting and smart business move i think for them to explore this mic required i mean to me that turns me off but i can see just like PUBG turns me off but look how hugely popular that became so yeah. it, it's smart it's interesting i'm curious to see how it does yeah yeah me too so um the game again is called sos i'm gonna which makes me think of abba here. I know. Sending out an SOS. SOS. Because <laughs> um, obviously you, you know, shoot up a flare to get picked up from the island. If you right. guys want to sign up for the beta, if you like, hey, this sounds really cool. I want to try it. They are doing um, a closed beta. You can go to SOSgame.com. They're doing a vets versus threats um, campaign to show off some of their community members that have been in the alpha um, versus some veterans. And so it should be... Should be fun. And then, um, you know, you can find out some additional supporting information if you guys, you know, are intrigued. They have some of the character models for some of the characters that you can customize um, on there if you want to kind of check out what the art style looks like. But again, remember that this is closed beta and they did not give me a time frame for when it's going to be, if there will be an open beta or when it's going into early access, if that early access is paid or if it's free. Um, I didn't have, they didn't have specific details. They were just, um, you know, sounds like they're still iterating, but, Interesting. Um, but yeah, um, 
there was another game I was going to talk about, but I, I remembered that the embargo is not up until next week, so that will have to wait until next week's show. Um, Alexa Ray, you played Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah, now I don't want to talk about it because that other game sounds way more complicated. Oh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Why? So, Z- <laughs> what? so I am not... I am not terribly far into Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So do you want to wait to talk about it until you play more? Um, I will wait to talk about it at length until I play more. But I do want to say, because I did come on the show and was like, oh, my God, the UI makes me want to die. There's right. too much shit on the screen. Help, help, help. The way that they in, like this is one of those games that will be introducing new mechanics to you like 10 hours in. This is like a 200 hour jrpg like it's gonna be my life for the next however many months brit the face that britney is making right now <laughs> the i can't tell i like this stuff. um but they but they <laughs> I know right they they introduce these <laughs> mechanics like you get a new one a new a new combat mechanic and then you have time with it and then they give you another one by the time you've already gotten the hangover master the one before it and I don't feel as overwhelmed as I thought I was going to be with all that stuff on the screen. So I'm actually feeling really good about the combat. The story is so freaking bonkers. It is Wait, so bonkers. Good bonkers? Yeah. No, there's a lot of really like... So the core of the story actually deals with like... Like... What does it mean to to be... Like what? Like you like are like the existential idea yes. of existence. Yes, it's I like think they're you are I'm kind of shit. <laughs> yes. Well, no, it's like you are. Like what about what about if you if you are you know sentient, you have feelings and emotions, and you bond with other people and all that stuff. But then, but then you know, there's the opportunity for for like if you don't have your memories. Are you you? Are you a person? And if you are something that can just keep being written over, are 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 you being? Are you or are you like are a you? machine, like a program sort of? A no, thing? no, of? not a program, like an actual like organic being. Like, are you like question mark? I don't want to. No, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm it. saying if you if those things weren't true, you would be more like a clone, a computer, or something like where you're just being rewritten. That makes sense. Yes, Never but mind. without the without the technological aspect of that, um, yes. but it's just like like it's really uh, it's like it gives you a lot to think about, and then it layers it on this like you're this like cool guy running around with this like this crazy girl who's bonded to you forever, and she also turns into your weapon, and her tits are out of control like JRPG. Okay. Yeah, I um, also fight with my tits, so I understand. Same, they <laughs> just get in the way. I started using them as a weapon a long time ago. Um, but it's like the environments are massive and they're all different and they're beautiful and like it is. But the whole thing is like JRPG cuckoo bananas cuckoo. Um, and I'm looking <laughs> forward. Cuckoo. I'm looking forward to spending more time with it. But um, I just wanted to take back what I said previously about how the UI like really freaked me out. Have you played it's it fine. Uh, mobile on the Switch gamepad? Yes, and playing it mobile... Uh, I heard it's playing, not so great. It's not so great mobile because it's like there's so much going on and it's like... It's the same problem I had with Doom on the Switch. Is like the text is too small. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so it's not more um, of like a frame rate drop issue. It's just more of like things are too compressed. I haven't seen any frame rate drop issues, but it gets super compressed. I prefer to play it on my brand new 4k tv oh yeah so, so we all have 4k also, tvs now we all hell 4K. yeah it's for our um, jobs 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, well, I bought right? mine last year, so it was not for my job, but yes. We're, damn it, Steimer. <laughs> but I, God damn it, Steimer. I like it so far. We'll see how it holds up. Awesome. All right. Um, Britt, did you want to talk about, um, Neverwinter or how do you feel? Uh, you know, I haven't put enough time into it. I talked enough. Okay. Okay, so we will shelf that. <laughs> I've said for, enough words <laughs> for next time. Um, I know that uh, Alexa, Ray, and Stiver wanted to talk about books, but we're no, we'll skip. We're no. kind of running long. Well, I just maybe talk we're, about that her next and time. I are going to talk offline about books. We're going to have we're going to have a time. We're going to have a time. Yes, yeah. And somebody sent um, the name of the wind and the wise man's fear to us. I'm very excited to read them. They sent them to Stiver. Thank you to whoever sent them to us. Ooh. Uh, with a very kind note. And I am so glad that you are going to read those books because they are two of my favorites. So good. Like, oh, Patrick Rothfuss. Is that the seal guy? No. No. <laughs> no. He's an author. He's, He's a, a real, real person. person. Oh, I don't know these things. <laughs> That's the author. Oh. oh, oh, I just remembered what you were referencing by seal guy. Yes, our husbandos video. Your man who can turn into a seal. From oh the powers God. that be trilogy from Elizabeth Ann Scarborough and Anne uh, McCaffrey. If you never read it, it's excellent. It's great. Now I'm going to look up his name so I can get it right. You guys keep bringing him up. What sound does a seal <laughs> man? Seal man. Oh gosh. Where's the wiki for this? That's not a seal. That's a porpoise. Here it is. The P2B series. Ah! Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the they are. That they're like, or, 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 or. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Oh my Much gosh. Good sound what? effects. What's his name? I'm, I'm looking. I'm Hold available on. for VO work. <laughs> Wikipedia is not the right place. Or, or, I need to go to Wikia. Where is Seal this? Husbando. The Seal Bando. Ooh. <laughs> we got to keep making awkward seal. seal. Like, of all the animals. Of all the animals. Of all the animals. Of the various genuses and species Dr. in the animal Sean kingdom. Sean Shongali. Ew. That's not a name. Long. I know. What what is this name? That's Dr. Sean Shongly the Seal Man. You like him, Andrea? It's Sean Schlongly the Seal. Oh my god. The Seal. Wait, wait, wait. There needs to be before you guys completely throw me under the bus, there needs to be some context here. When I read this series for the first time, I was a teenage girl. I had a bunch of raging hormones. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't reading like smutty, like erotica, like romance novels. I was reading science fiction because I was a nerd back then, and I still am today. And so back then and so i read this book and i like kind of like got a crush on this character who's also a seal no he's a human that has the ability to turn into a seal is that like a is this like a weird like 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 i kind of is this like the like the the people that are obsessed with werewolves except you've got the seal thing no so okay so the idea okay i'm gonna really quickly summarize of all the sea animals like a dolphin is like kind of sexy but like a seal why not about his seal form he's very rarely in his seal form so these people live on a planet the planet is called p2b and it's like ptb the powers that be like all goes together and like the the narrative of the of the series 
And the okay. idea is that the planet is sentient, that it's a living thing okay. that like has a consciousness. Okay. And because of its relationship, the planet has a relationship with the people that have been born there and live there. Okay. And so they like are like very, it's like very mother nature Gaia, like some crazy stuff happening, right? It mixed in with this sci-fi, these sci-fi elements. Uh-huh. Um, and because of that, the, there are, people who grew up on PW like have this like relationship and because of that like the planet gives them special powers and his power is to be able to turn into a seal so that he can transport like swim over long distances through the icy ocean water because it's an ice planet that's like all covered in snow but like how bad did he fuck up to get the seal card for something cooler he couldn't be a narwhal narwhals also like are in icy yeah, water and narwhals cool. got a cool bone yeah, unicorn narwhals, thing on their head narwhals aren't as fast as seals are and they uh, can't they're not as maneuverable and you know what no? a seal apparently, gets eaten by orcas i don't want to be a seal seals yeah, suck why isn't he like an orca like a majestic like, orca you know, maybe i'll just write up Anne mccaffrey and Elizabeth <laughs> Aaron scarborough and be like yo um so my co-workers are giving me a hard time about your what? trilogy that i love and i've read over a dozen why times. a seal i've uh, seen when i see like like there are seals in in the bay out here in our wonderful San Francisco Bay area, oh and when I see them, I look at them and I go, "Yep, that's a seal." Like they're not, there's no like what is the appeal of 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 the that's what is the appeal seal of the seal? It's not a it's not the fact you don't even learn that but he has why an a seal? alternate form. Why a seal? We're talking in circles now. Like you, you, you couldn't Brittany, find like Brittany's a polar bear man or like she's a crying. she did technically a narwhal man, a wolf crying. man. But I would say, why not a lovely Arctic bird that can fly for long distances? Good do you, point. Do you Steimer. know of any Arctic birds, Steimer? That can fly. I watched a Galapagos. Is that no, 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 no? Galapagos is the other boy. Can fly very long distances. Is my point. I'm so sweaty. Oh god. Take your robe off. Oh, you don't. If you're naked under there, leave it on. Oh, no, you have a job. Uh, okay. Oh, girl. Hey. Is that a filthy casual shirt? Okay, well, oh. okay go ahead. Arctic yeah. birds that can fly. <laughs> Did you just Google this? The Arctic Turn. It looks like oh, yeah, a seagull. Arctic Turn. I literally just read about that in Book of Dust. The Auk. Yes, me too. The Auk, which looks like a penguin that can fly. The Snowy Owl. <laughs> Could it be a snowy owl? The penguin... Penguins can't fly. <laughs> Penguins can't can they? fly. Okay, Google. Google, you done me dirty. Okay. Okay. The penguin is on this list. The red knot. The snow goose. The snow bunting. The ruddy turnstone. The black Guillermo. The, the, the buff breasted sandpiper. The 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 gyrofalcon. What the I'll stop? The gyrofalcon. The long tailed Jaeger. The red phalarope, the white rumped sandpiper. I can't do it. I can't handle any more of this, please. Okay. <laughs> look at all these, these are, look at, he had okay. Okay. all these Arctic birds to choose from and he went with a seal. <laughs> art, art, I'm so hot. Art, art. <laughs> seal man. I would say an orca would be the Coming best, for but, you. You know, that's just okay. you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> Next week, I'm, I'm going to pull a passage from the book. <laughs> We're gonna have yes, a fucking I'm dramatic. So excited. Movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Most of the time, I want to go back and read this series. Couldn't pick um, a buff-breasted sandpiper. That wasn't an option. Okay, <laughs> buff-breasted. All right. Okay, just checking. Okay. All right. This is this is this is done. This is done now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a short break. Um, get your scorecard up. 
see how many of our picks for the Game Awards we got right. <laughs> we're gonna pick. We're gonna pick some winners, and we're gonna see if we were right in coming up after this short break. We'll be. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh my god. My face hurts. Before we get into our Game Awards predictions for the nominees, we have to give a big shout out to our Turbo Patrons. And by doing this, we, of course, will read those names of Turbo Patrons and above. And we have some new people on the list, which is super exciting. So um, apologies in advance if I say your name wrong. Um, I'm not the best at this. But here we go. We've got David. Ikalucci, take this.org, Alex Rogopoulos, Lincoln Davis, Austin Riley, Stephen Insler, Tom Bach, Michelle Viegas, Kia Bright, Steph Wu, Dustin Lewis, Tara Bruno, Kyle Heyman, Amar Dillon, David Cook, Sion Stevenson, Stephen McPherson, Aaron J. Saxton, Benjamin Pardue, RJ Brian, Elmo Shell, Jared Howard, Bass Peterson, Carl Peterson, Kathy Lucas, Molly Bittner, Joselle ba- Joselle Bas- Basa, Joselle Basa, Basa, Nam H. Bowie, Jeffrey Hutchinson, Brooke Larie Asia Harris, E. Irazer, Irizari. Oh my gosh, Alexa, how do you say, how do you think you say that? Irizari? Irizari. E. Irizari. That is a very interesting name. I am sorry I messed it up. Robert Guerrero, Maddie Stanley, John Drake, Bill Stillwell, Jason Erickson, Sam Baptist, No Clip, Danny O'Dwyer has changed the name of his Patreon. Danny. In case you were Adam Rapone, Billy Shibley, Stephanie Fitzwilliams, Sam, Jason T. Barnes, Harrison Pink, Tommy Larson, Ross Haney, Jessica Salisbury, Mike Lynch, Anthony Murphy, Kyle Somerville, Oswaldo Sandoval, Ethan Anderson, Sidney Carr, Gio Corsi, Greg Fletcher, Elijah Steele, Trevor Starkey, Marcus Brown, Materia Attic, Joe Schleif, Annette Gonzalez, Ozzy Mejia, Christian Rodriguez, Nathan Drake, Trice uh, what? <laughs> Lewis Creech, Donato Sinicio the third, Adam Boys, Tony Hahn, Lee Kendall, and as always, my mama, Teresa Enert. Aww. Aww. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our Turbo Patrons and above. We appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy <laughs> the, uh, for our RIL patrons who are in the $35 category, our amazing Christmas cards. <laughs> there may be cats in it. Who could say? Onesies. Onesies. Yes. Snowflakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Indeed. It's quite pretty. Um, if you would like to get involved and like to support us and like what we do, we would love for you to be involved at patreon.com slash what's good games. So thank you again to all of those people listed and to all of our patrons at all levels. We wouldn't be here doing the show without you. So big hearts. All right. Let's talk about the game awards. Get your Ba-ba-ba. pencils ready. It's time to keep track of who is picking what. Here we go. If you're listening to this on Friday, you'll know last night the Game Awards 2017 dole out their winners. We, as members of the jury, um, submitted our votes 
Today, we're not talking about which games we voted for um, officially, which is 90% of the weighted um, uh, votes for the awards. So there are most categories are 90% the jury, 10% public vote. And then there are a few selected categories that are 100% public vote, uh, like the trending gamer category, for example. Um, so... Um, what we decided to do, we thought it would be fun if we pick who we think is going to win. Not necessarily who we voted for as an outlet, but who we think mm-hmm. is actually going to to take home the awards. So, if you've got your little scorecard, um, if you go to thegameawards.com, you'll find all of... Oh, by the way, not Game Awards. You have to go to The Game Awards. Gameawards.com the Game Awards. puts you in a weird redirect... Um, this is some sites you don't want to pee on. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick all the awards. So we're going to do them backwards. We're not going to yeah. start with Game of the Year. We're going to end with Game of the Year. So I'm going to scroll down to the bottom of the page here. And we're going to pick. We're going to pick some of these. So um, just for um, transparency, we did abstain as an outlet from a couple of categories because we didn't feel confident in our knowledge Overall, in some of these categories, uh, which, you know, uh, is encouraged by members of the jury. If if there's a category that not everybody at their outlet feels comfortable voting in, you just abstain. So we did abstain from a few categories, but we're going to pick winners hypothetically tonight. Yay. All right. Everybody, get your uh, get your pencils ready. First category, best Chinese game. <clears throat> Are We've we actually going to select mon- ones for these? <laughs> Monument Valley 2, JX3HD. Gumballs, Icy, and King of Glory. I bet it'll be Monument Valley too, because that's the only one that we know about. Yes, uh, I agree. We've heard. I don't think so. I don't think that that game is going to win because this is a Chinese voted award. Well, then I have some, no freaking idea. Reason, I don't know. I don't Ooh. think that. I don't be, know I, either. But I like I'm going like to go with King of Glory. That's what I was because it's say, a MOBA. I like the way it looks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving we on. are a video game podcast. Wait, no, we can all pick our own to see if we can keep score. Should I should I make a little doc? Oh no. Why not? We can do that. Yeah, who cares? Fine. Yeah. Alexis Alexis like, oh no. <laughs> um this will uh, follow me around forever. I know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I might not even be on the planet okay. by the time this podcast airs, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Backflip so far off the earth. All right, so I I'm going, I'm going King of Glory. Alexa, a- you're going Monument, Monument Valley. Monument Valley. Britt, you're going King of Glory? Yeah. Steimer? I'm also going Mon- Monument Valley. Okay. Mommy Mint Valley. Mommy Mint. Mommy Mint. Mommy Mint. Mint. Is that on here? Mommy Mint? Mommy Mint. Sounds like a naughty ice cream flavor. Mommy Mint. <laughs> uh, oh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I was not going there, but I like oh. it. Hey, girl. Okay. Yeah. It's getting hot in Next. here. <laughs> I'm getting all excited and it's sweaty. It's getting hot in here. Okay. Um, best debut indie game. Clothes. So this is being judged by a separate panel of uh, game developers, and he put together a really great panel. Um, so we won't be voting. This is And this is not voted on by the public. But Oh, wait. It does say winner selected by fan voting. Wait, I thought he said... Oh, wait, that's student game. I'm thinking of the student yeah. game. Yeah. Winner selected by Never fan mind. voting. Okay. Uh, so we've got Slime Rancher, Mr. Shifty, Hollow Knight, Golf Story, and Cuphead. Ooh. This is a Cuphead, tough one. I think. Cuphead. Yeah, I'd say Cuphead. I know Hollow Knight was loved by a lot of people, but that was yes. earlier in the year. And since Cuphead is so much newer, I'd say hands down Cuphead. 
Also, Cuphead had so much hype around it, and like all yeah. of X- and Xbox like kept it, like treated it like a you know like a triple A. I'm gonna go out on the limb here and pick yeah. Golf Story. You know, I would did like you, to see Golf Story win that. That's a good game. Did you play Slime? Did anyone play Slime Rancher? Mm-mm. No, that but shit. I heard it's good. Actually, that shit's good. It's good shit. Some good slimy shit. Good shit. Okay, next category: best esports team. Team Liquid, SK Telecom 1, Lunatic High, FaZe Clan, or Cloud9? Team Liquid is the only one I know, so I'm going to vote for it. FaZe is the only one I know, so I'm going with FaZe. I I actually, I have heard of Team Liquid as well. We also abstained from this category. (laughs) Esports are for MOBA nerds. No, so we were not included in the voting of this category. This category was nominated and voted upon specifically by esports outlets. Um so just so you guys know, you know, when Jeff Keeley was putting together some of these esports categories, he wanted to make sure that people who were qualified were doing the nominating. So that's es- not us. That's not us. So esports specific um outlets voted on these nominees. Um so Steimer is going with FaZe. Yes. Brit Liquid. Team Liquid. So I know most of these teams from my uh, Yahoo Esports days, and it's kind of tough to say um, because it really depends which country you're from is probably which which team you're most excited to support or which game you play. Because each of these teams, obviously, they have separate um, teams for different games, but some of them are more proficient than others. So I am going to pick FaZe Clan because I think they had a really great year. So we will see. We will see who who wins. <laughs> Esports team. All right. Next up, the best esports player presented by Omen by HP. We got Kirokai, Ryu Jihong, Nico, Coldzera, and Faker. What? I know. I know a Faker. I don't. I think he may have had a bad year i actually didn't i remember seeing his name and i don't think it was good but i don't care i'm picking him anyway because he's the only one i know yeah i mean it's an interesting mix of players i think i mean like faker is really well known for his big play during the worlds um so he probably is in people's minds coldera of course is really popular as well i mean obviously all of these guys are really popular but um (laughs) Alexa's like I don't I don't fucking I don't need sports. Do you want to skip let's, this category? Yeah, let's yes. just move through these quickly. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. No. Got somewhere to be. Um, best esports game. We'll also skip then. Uh, trending gamer. Eh, let's skip this one too. <laughs> we know who's gonna win already. So whatever. Let's just yeah. Skip it. Let's just yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, Andrea Renee, are we riot? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. At least at this time, I'll know all, whose legs I have to we break. We all voted for me. If let's hypothetically assume. Like let's like in a world where I don't win, who do you think wins? Doctor disrespect. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see Steven Spawn win. Um but I would too. But people like angry yelling white guys a lot. But is that who you're going with? No, I think disrespect will win if you don't. Yeah. Agree. You better not. Um, okay, next Burp. up, best student game. So we can skip this because we don't know these games. We never got a chance to play them. Best independent game, Pyre. Night in the Woods, Cuphead, What Remains of Edith Finch, 
Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Oh. So really, I remember being a little like confused by this, that they're counting Ninja Theory as independent because they published it too, right? Because usually Koei Tecmo publishes their mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, farts. I'm going to go with Hellblade for me. Okay. Oh, I, I would want Pyre, but I feel like it might be Cuphead again. I don't know. Because it heads a cup. Cuphead. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go with Edith Finch. Get it? I would say Divinity Original Sin 2, but my colleagues have failed me. So therefore, I will say, not oh you ladies. Gosh. Not you ladies. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to yeah, go with what remains of Edith Finch. Sorry, I'm typing. I typed the wrong things in the wrong categories. I need to get it right. It happens. All right. Most anticipated game presented by Mick Cafe. Jeez, so thanks, Mick Cafe. Oh, the Last yeah. of Us Part 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World. Don't know how that got in there. Marvel yeah, Spider Man right? and God of War. Red Dead. I think Red Dead's going to take this, yeah. I'm doing Red Last Dead. Of Red Dead. Last of Us? Last of Us. Okay. Brit? Red Dead. Give me them cowboys. Um, and I can't wait for the multiplayer in that game. Oh, next Marcy. up, we I, got. I was. Wait, go ahead. No, I'll tell the story on another podcast about Red Dead's multiplayer. Okay, best <laughs> multiplayer. Speaking of multiplayer, Fortnite, Call of Duty, World War Two, Splatoon Two, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, Destiny Two, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. <sighs> I think it's going to be PUBG for this. It's going to be PUBG. I mean, yeah, listen. I voted for Destiny 2. I think we as an outlet voted for Destiny 2. But, like, PUBG is definitely going to sweep this category. I don't think it necessarily deserves it. I think, obviously, they're doing great things. This is the hard part. It's like, what game deserves it over another game? Um Having a hundred people into a single map doing a massively multiplayer game takes a lot of back end work, right? Like it does take a lot of, you know, technical prowess, but the game is not running smoothly by any means. No. It's not like it's polished. It's also got like, there are no, <clears throat> like you look at all of the other, the other games in this category and they have like, polish. Oh eating my own hair. No, well, polish, yes, but also like developing. Like, they developed systems. They have all these systems that are working together. Systems that they built so that people can interact with each other in different ways. Mm-hmm. And PUBG plops you down, tells you to go find something to hit someone with, and then just go. And, like, yes, that's players players creating their own gameplay experience because they literally drop you in a sandbox and you can do whatever you want. But that's work done by the player. That's not work done by the developer. That's players making it their own. Like, I think for the amount of work that went into all these other games, they are much more deserving than PUBG. I think it's interesting that two Nintendo games ended up on a, in a multiplayer category, <laughs> considering that there is no in-game chat client in yes, Splatoon 2. Have Nintendo <laughs> games that you have to use this weird app and the app doesn't even really work. No. Right? So like to me, I'm like, I was really puzzled by how both of these games got in. Not because they're not fun to play. Splatoon and Mario Kart, both fun games to play multiplayer. But as far as like technical achievement, um, I'm not sure they really belong. Do you think I'm out of base here? No, you're right. And also, isn't this like the third year in a row Mario Kart has been nominated for something? 
Probably. Can we like put this game out to pasture now? I get it. It's Mario Kart. It's great. Cool. Bye. Moving on. Yeah. I, I do Goodbye think forever. it's I, ironic Bye that forever. every year Call of Duty gets nominated for this. Well, almost every year. Mm-hmm. And they never win anything, even though they make the most popular multiplayer game in the world. And they right. still don't. That's a conversation nominated. for another day. But it hey. <laughs> Alexis is like, move on. Okay. Best, best <laughs> sports racing game. I don't sports. Um, this will be a really interesting category. Do you guys want to vote on this category or you want to skip it? I just don't know mm-hmm. enough about any of the games. I'm going to say sport. FIFA. I feel like FIFA always wins. FIFA has a very big player base. Like, yeah. yeah. And they I'll continue to iterate sport. on that game, which is, which is really important. I mean, Forza looked beautiful this year, but you know, they had a few controversies surrounding their, you know, microtransactions. NBA 2K18 really tragically suffered from that as well i think you know 2k kind of shot themselves in the foot with that game pez hanging in there against fifa but they just are forever in fifa's shadow pro evolution soccer you know the comfort behind here i think is really project cars 2 which kind of was a dark horse candidate and the people that have played it have said nothing but accolades about it and really Mm -hmm. love it and think it's fantastic I haven't spent enough time with the game to fully um, give an opinion, but GT Sport, I haven't heard anybody talk about, um, huh. which is not doesn't mean that it's not good. It just is not as popular here in the United States as it is in particularly European territories mm-hmm. and some other territories around the world. Um, I really do think FIFA is probably going to take this category again. Everybody Whatever. loves soccer. I don't play games yeah. to sports. Sports Sport. ball. Sports ball. I go outside and don't sports. I don't okay. sports. <laughs> um, best strategy game. XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, Tooth and Tail, Total War, Warhammer 2, Halo Wars 2, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Mario. Mario. You think I it's going to win? XCOM. Yes, because if you look at, I'm sorry, if you look at all the other game award years, I've seen Nintendo take on some awards that were like, what? That's so true. I have a Nintendo feeling this is just going to go to Nintendo power over people. Yeah, you know, but I, I think, I think that God, I'm, I'm torn because I'm for kind XCOM of you, for this. I think XCOM is going to win because, like, fair, fair access, like this is what they do, right? Like they are like the king of this category. Ninety nine percent shots of, of hitting. Miss. Oh, that's yeah. the yeah. I would like to I see mean, Mario Rabbids win because I like, hey, Nintendo, continue to do other things with other people. It's good yeah. and it makes us happy. Uh, then again, yeah, I'm a very I, casual strategy player, so maybe that's why I thought the reception was like so good and like, wow, it's because maybe more people like me were into it, whereas I've never touched any of these other games, nor I don't think I will. But because this one has Mario slapped on it, I'm like, yeah, that's relevant to my interests. Well, and there's many people out there like you. I do think it's interesting and worth pointing out that Creative Assembly is nominated against themselves. Because they've worked <laughs> on Total War and Halo Wars, too. Oh, that's um, funny. But I'm with you, Simer. I think I think XCOM is going to take this category. Um. Okay, next. Best Family Game. 
Splatoon 2. It's Nintendo against Nintendo against Nintendo. God damn it. All of these games are on the Switch. Pretty much. Sonic Mania, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Super Mario Odyssey. I mean, it's going to be Mario Kart 8 and I'm going to, and I'm going to roll my (laughs) eyes back so hard that they pop out of my face. It is, but super, but like Mario Kart 8 had its day in the sun three goddamn years ago. True. Go away. (laughs) We get it. You're here. You're not going anywhere. You're great. Bye bye. Like, it's like your Skyrim for me. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Just go away, Skyrim. Um, Steimer, what are you picking? Uh, I'm gonna pick Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. That game has be very frustrating to play with a small child. Uh, Mario Kart. Well, game. yeah, but nobody knows that. Nobody has children. Yeah, playing that game in co-op. <laughs> That's the best family that- game. <laughs> Playing that game in co-op is not great. Anyway, yeah. but I don't know if that's if co-op is necessary for people to vote on this for best family game. I think Odyssey and how many people love it is going to dominate, um, and I think it's going to win. Even though I think Mario Kart Eight is a better family game, um, as far as like a game you can play with your family. Yeah. Uh, the 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 sad part is that there was excellent work done on Sonic Mania. Yeah. But you're just like up against Mario, Mario, and Mario. Right. And Sonic, I'm sorry, you just can't compete. Mario's Nobody, I mean, <laughs> Knuckles and Knuckles was great, but it's not enough. <laughs> not enough Knuckles. Um, best Double fighting knuckles. game. Tekken 7, Nidhogg 2, Marvel vs. Capcom, Infinite, Injustice 2, and ARMS. I don't I see a world in which Injustice doesn't win this yeah. category. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I'm is good at that game. everybody in agreement or does somebody have a different pick? Nope. We agree. I liked okay. ARMS a lot. But. I thought what they did with ARMS was really, really interesting. The 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 depth of strategy in that game was unexpected when I first saw this game. And then when I started playing it and really talking with some of the Treehouse members about just all of the different ARMS and how you can mix and match them and how you can use them in specific arenas or with specific fighters, I was like... I never thought it would be that intricate, but it's just such a different play style, such a yeah. slower play style compared to most fighting games where the action moves so quickly. I think that's really kind of what threw a lot of traditional lot of fighting off. game fans off. I really hope they make like a martial arts sequel and it's legs. I really hope. <laughs> I really, I really hope it happens. Please make legs. That's great. <laughs> because what else, what else is left? Like, legs. I would legs. play legs just because it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Legs, <laughs> arms. Legs. Okay. Okay. Next category. Best role playing game. South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Final Fantasy 15. Divinity, Original Sin 2. Near Automata. And Persona 5. This is going to be a tough category. Okay. Yes. This makes me I think there's going to be a lot of splitting of votes here. Not enough people are going to vote for Divinity. Sorry, Brittany. No, no, it's not going to happen. I I get it. I don't think, I don't think South Park. Uh, no. we'll, we'll get the votes I'm either. I'm actually surprised no. South Park even made it on the nomination list. I also think I not think enough. I will get it. I don't? don't? I do not no. think Nier or Persona 5 will get it because the two of them have a very special target audience and I don't think enough people um, are willing to sink the time into a game as long as Persona 5 or a game as weird as Nier. And the people that love it are the people that spe- that, that, that completed it. Like the casual... The casual gamer or the gamer that plays all the big games isn't going to reach for Nier or Persona 5. I think, is, I think Final Fantasy 15 is going to get it. But remember, this is 90% weighted with the jury. Mm. Yeah. And so I think, I think not enough people played Divinity. No. South Park wasn't that great. No. Nier I don't think enough people played Nier niche. either. So yeah. your pick is Final Fantasy. I'm going to pick Final Fantasy. Okay. I'm going to go with Persona 5 only because I think it had a lot of media hype. 
mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people in the industry were really hot on it. So. Oh, this is hard. I wouldn't say I feel Final like... Fantasy 15, but because of all of the DLC and all the announcements lately, I feel like it's like hot take on people's mind. But I'm going to say Persona 5 as well. I feel like, and I'm not like by any means throwing any of my colleagues at any of these websites under the bus. But when you think about, like, I know for a, a lot of these websites will pull their pull their editors and work with their staff to collect a vote. And some of them, the top brass just vote and that's it. And a lot of the times the top brass or the group that you're polling doesn't finish or play all of these games. And Final Fantasy 15 is a safe pick, which is why I think it's going to end up winning. Mm-hmm. I, I really fair. love your conviction. I'm with the girls though. I think Persona is going to win. Okay. Let's see what gonna, happens. I, I really think it's either gonna be Persona or Near, but um I, I mean think I think it's gonna, gonna be Persona through. or Final Fantasy. This is gonna be an interesting right. category. Divisive. I like it. Um okay. Either way, Best. the fact that the, the role playing game category has that much good shit in it just like oh, makes yeah. my makes my heart happy. So Such a great year to be a gamer, really. Yeah. Uh, this is another really tough category. Best action adventure game. So for a reminder, that means combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, Assassin's Creed Origins, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Super <laughs> Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn. It's going to be one of the two Nintendo games. It's going to. God, I fucking hate I that I don't it's want be. it to Well, be. that's because a bunch ah. of people we know are basic-ass bitches. It's going to be like Zelda or Mario. Okay. I'm, I, that, that, that's my <laughs> fear for this Game Awards is that Zelda... It's always going to be Zelda or Mario, and I don't think that they necessarily deserve it over. Now, Zelda Zelda does some great stuff with its puzzle solving. I like that there are many different ways to solve the puzzles. I like that it takes a lot of physics into consideration. Are there? Oh, yeah. Yes. And there are are many kinds of puzzles in that game. Like, as far as, like, puzzle solving, it's a great puzzle solving game, but this isn't a puzzle category exclusively. It combines combat and traversal with puzzle solving. It has to have, like, the trifecta, right? Yes. Mario, to me, didn't feel like puzzle solving. It felt like no. dying in error. Mario is not, I wouldn't call Mario like a, a traverse. I mean, sure, you walk around. It's a platformer. I want to say it's traversal. You walk around, you jump, and you throw your hat at shit. That's not traversal. Now, I mean, Horizon have a lot of puzzle solving. traversal in Mario is that it's not original. It's no. like right. all of the traversal in Mario is like from N64 Mario, right? You run, yeah. and then you run faster, like, and then you jump. Like, literally, like, the moves, the moves are the same. Yeah. The wall jumps, the long jump, the double jump, the backflip jump. Like, they're all, like, they're all, like, the same. Yeah. The calf mechanic is the only, like, real new thing. And so, I think Mario is probably out. For me, like, I, 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 I have to hold out hope that Horizon's gonna win this category. Now, does Horizon I'm, have a lot of puzzle solving? Or does it have puzzle solving? It does, yes. Um, does it have a lot? No. Zelda definitely wins in like the most puzzles. I think it's going like, to be Zelda. Zelda's thing, right? It's going to be Zelda. I think Zelda will probably win this category. I hate that I'm Zelda's going to go gonna win Assassin's this category. Creed but... Origins. <laughs> Assassin's is amazing. I think yeah. it's great. No, I know, but like, I just, I feel like I'm hoping, here's what I'm hoping the mindset is, is that people are like, well, we can't vote Zelda for everything, so let's give it to Assassin's No, Creed. are you kidding me? That's, That's exactly what they're thinking. Do you I'm... know... <laughs> <laughs> I think Uncharted is not getting any votes here. I no. think it was a, I no. think it was a, a nod, but Uncharted Lost Legacy <laughs> is just like a ch- Uncharted 4.1 or whatever. I just want to side note this. This conversation got my heart rate up so high. You got an alert on your Fitbit? I got an alert on my Fitbit. 
Nice. <laughs> like, hey, hey, calm down, would you? Um, okay. Good job. Timer. You're working Make out. A pick. <laughs> uh, Steimer, make a pick. Oh, uh, no, uh-huh. I did. I said Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Okay. You think that's going to win? Yeah. Okay. I hope Brit. it does. Zelda. Zelda. Alexa. It's going to be Zelda. Ha! <sighs> Yuck! Huh? Are you hating? I also, okay. I also think Zelda's <laughs> making link noises. Are you For throwing record, up in I protest? I, I mean, tell. Zelda, we, and we'll talk about this later. Zelda does a lot of things great. It could have done things a lot better. But when you I mean, when you hold it up, like, yes, it's, like, super great. Oh, my God, that's great. But now, like, when you get to it's this happens every year. There's a game that comes out early in the year, and you're like, oh, my God. And then you hold it up to everything else that came out mm-hmm. that year, and you're like, oh, no. Like, now we see the flaws. You know, probably that. Yeah. Anyway. Best Except action Horizon, game. which is still amazing. Yes. Yeah. Focused on combat, this category. Prey, Neo, Destiny 2, Cuphead, and Wolfenstein 2. So, mm, this so, is a tough one. So, game focused on combat. Maybe it's because I played on baby-ass baby mode, and I loved Wolfenstein 2, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. say its combat was anything special or unique. Yeah, true, true. Oh, maybe prayer Neo. Neo is like Dark Souls. Neo is. Whew. I. Oh man, I really but, think Cuphead is going to win this because of like this like eternal boss battle design that they have. Uh, but I really want Destiny Two to win because I haven't had gunplay feel so good in a game literally ever. Uh, it's just so polished and so smooth and the mechanics are so great and the guns are so unique and weighty and have personality and the combat encounters, while obviously they do get repetitive after a certain period of time, like, you know, going into an area, like when you're going to fight the hive, okay, well, I need these kinds of weapons to take out the knights and I want this kind of weapon for the thrall and I need to have this weapon equipped for the wizards. And I think that that's a testament to their design in the game. And so I really love the combat in Destiny 2, but I think Cuphead's going to win. I'm going Cuphead. Because it heads a cup. I'm going to go with Destiny. I think Destiny could win this. I'm going to pick Neo because it's got that Dark Souls tag and you say Dark Souls-like and all the critics start Everyone salivating. Everyone creams their pants. I see. I said salivating because I was trying to keep it like PG. <laughs> But yes, Simon. <laughs> Creams their pants. Brit. No, doesn't Prey do some things interesting? Wasn't there like a coffee cup thing? Like, couldn't you assume? It? Yeah, so yes. I I liked Prey's combat. So there was a mimic, the mimic ability. Yeah, I actually didn't here. use the mimic ability that much because if you branch into the alien abilities, the more you branch into the alien abilities, the more alien you become, and it changes how the game reacts to you, how the mm. enemies react, how the NPCs react, and it changes the story, the ending of your game, which is obviously awesome was game so design. Good. Um, which, by the way, like, that game, if you missed it, 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 another divisive game. Some people hated that game, and I thought it was... I was frustrated by some of the specific mechanics. If you go back and listen to some of our shows from May, like when that game first came out, um, there were parts of it that I thought were very unbalanced and like the constant crafting I really hated. Like that was constantly going to these machines to break down stuff and to recraft things. I hated that aspect of it, but I love, 
I loved playing the game. I, I even though I was frustrated, I finished it and really enjoyed it. The combat was great. I don't think that it's going to win because I don't think enough people played it all the way. I'm gonna say yeah. Cuphead because his head's a cup. Get it? Cuphead. <laughs> Lots of Alexa so much. Okay. 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 Best VR AR game. Resident I think it's gonna be Resident Evil. Evil. Yeah, it's gonna be Resident Evil. Okay, so just don't you, even read the nominations. It's Resident Evil. Are, 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 are you Resident going Evil. for Resident Evil? No, it's, I'm gonna read the nominations. Hold no, on. it's fine. Um, Resident <laughs> Evil. The finger, whatever. The finger. The finger. The thingy. <laughs> it is the finger. The thingy. Um, super hot VR. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Lone Echo. Echo Arena. I don't like that they put those together. They are two separate games. Farpoint and Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. It's the finger. It's a finger. That's disgusting. Ah, it was part of the. Like, yeah. It's a USB. It's a USB key. Yeah, they said it was part of the the press kit, and it. Yeah, it's a little uh, finger. That's, that's disgusting. Hey, don't hate. And um, of course, you kept I, that. I am going to go with Lone Echo. Okay. Aw. Uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> you're like nah you're dumb <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> next category best handheld game so what's funny about this category is that when we originally um sent our nominations in we asked um jeff if we could nominate switch games because technically switch is a handheld yeah turns out no one else nominated switch games just us <laughs> we think outside Hello. of the box ladies and gentlemen we're smarter than the average uh, it's st- it does say which we maybe missed dedicated portable gaming system and the switch is not a dedicated but portable system. But my switch system. is basically a dedicated I know, portable system. there's an argument to semantics, be made. Semantics, whatever. The nominees. All y'all got no imagination. Poochie and Yoshi's Wooly World, Monster Hunter Stories, Metroid, Samus Returns, Ever Oasis, and Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valencia. Alexa? I think the Metroid game is going to... Samus Returns? Samus Returns. Samus Returns was real good, yo. Yeah, I also, think I feel Metroid like more, is... Yeah, even I, if you didn't play these games... Oh, um, yeah, Metroid. I think them... Yeah, I see, <laughs> I see the juries being like, well, Metroid. I am operating... So, as ugh, I have worked at three... I don't know why I've worked at voice. Ma- it's a good voice. Listen, man. I don't know. I've worked at many gaming Listen, outlets. Man. And I just know <laughs> that not everyone who makes these votes plays all these damn games. So, like... So there sure. we go. Yeah, it's gonna be Metroid. I understand. I'm looking at this I tried cover. I'm on board this train that you have. I'm looking at this cover what? for Monster Hunter Stories. Get on my and train. That white beast looking thing. Train. Looks real weird. The um, one. What? No. Continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. No. Um. So listen. Um. Britt, who are you picking? Monster Hunter. No, no, no. It's the the cover art looks like a white male par- body part. Um, the, I'm gonna do Metroid Samus. No, no, no. The look at the cover art. It's like white, like a unicorn. No, I see with oh, teeth. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, Metroid. It's my vote. Om nom. <laughs> oh God. Okay. I'm, okay. <laughs> Monster I'm, Hunter no, dongs. I'm, I'm okay. We're going. We're moving on. Um, Heat. I also picked Metroid. Uh, okay. Next category: best mobile game. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes, Super Mario Run, Old Man's Journey, Monument Valley 2, and Hidden Folks. I'm going to be real with be, the entire world right now. Be real. If Super Mario Run World's wins best mobile game, 
I will back. I will be gone from the planet before the game of the year announcement because Super Mario Run is a shitty game. It is just a runner clone with Mario slapped onto it. It is so stupid. I will be really mad. Bye. So I'm going to go with Monument Valley for this. Fire Emblem Heroes, yo. That book two uh, update. I'll say Get them Fire orbs. Emblem. They finally added Soleil from Fates, and I spent another $30. Girl, you can't oh judge me anymore. No, I can't, because now I'm up to $350. Simon. Ah. I said uh, I'm picking Monument Valley 2. Okay. Think of all the husbandos that want you to vote for them. I am going to pick <laughs> Super Mario Run. Oh, my God, Andrea, no. Oh, my God. I think people liked it. Uh, a lot of people downloaded it. A lot of people. This I don't think it's the best game, game, but I think it's the game that's going to win. Uh, I'll be so um, fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. Okay, best ongoing game. This is another really tough category. A lot of great games. Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2, and Player oh. Unknown's Battlegrounds. Oh, God, it's going to be fucking PUBG, even though GTA Online no, should get it. I think it might be GTA Auto. Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know I what? think GTA yeah. Online GTA has Online. done more in terms of development to sustain their audience. Like, play, PUBG has just grown despite itself. Yeah. Like, listen, uh, 20 million copies is impressive. GTA Online. 85 million copies is more impressive. <laughs> True. Boom. So, True that. So I, I think um, I think GTA has a good shot at winning this category. However, PUBG is super hot right now, and people like to vote for it for things that it doesn't deserve. I'm just going to say Like it. literally everything, guys. Yeah. the creator of the game who's like, I don't understand why people are voting for us. I'm looking at you, my peers. How could you have let this happen? So across the board, we're all picking GTA? Yeah. After okay. the after the year we've had, you go and nominate PUBG for all these freaking Game of the Year awards? How could you do this? What's crazy is that all of these games deserve to win. They all have done a great job of building audience, of providing content, mm-hmm. of keeping a community going. And it's a really tough category. Overwatch, Warframe, Rainbow Six, like Destiny 2, my bay, of course. But like, it's... <laughs> I think it's Destiny two come people down. are real mad at, so I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, they're real no, mad. Just a couple people are mad. They're real um, mad. GTA and, mad. and PUBG. It's going to be between those two for sure. No. Okay. Next category. Games for impact. Please knock on my door. Night in the woods. Life is strange before the storm. Bury me, my love. What remains of Edith Finch and Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice? Oh, this is a hard one. I think Life is Strange is going to win this one. I think it's going to go Hellblade. Okay, so Alexa, you're going with Life is Strange. Yeah, I'm going Hellblade. You're going Hellblade, Steimer. I need to replay Hellblade. I'm going uh, Edith Finch. Uh, Britt, Edith Finch. Okay, interesting. We're divided here. Impact. Okay, next category. Best performance, Melina Jurgens, Hellblade, Laura Bailey, Uncharted, Lost Legacy, Claudia Black, Uncharted, Lost Legacy, Brian Bloom, Wolfenstein 2, Ashley Birch, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think the Ashley's going to win this one. I think it's going to be I think Claudia Ashley's Black gonna win or Laura. I think they're going to split the vote and neither will win. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, Ashley. It's possible. Um, I think they both did an amazing job, of course, but they're reprising characters. Um, so that might go against them for some people. 
uh, sure. since it's not the first time they've played these characters. Ashley. I think Melina stands a good chance to win, but I think Ashley's going to win. I'm picking Ashley. Ashley. I'm going to go with Melina just because I think it would be an interesting pick. Okay. Britt? Uh, this is so hard. Uh, who do I think will win? I'm going to say Ashley. Okay. Also, love, 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 love. There are four women in this category. Yeah. Get it, yeah. girls. They're all hot. Best audio design. Destiny 2. <laughs> Hellblade. Resident Evil. Zelda. Mario. It's going to be one of the Nintendo uh, games. It's going to be one of the Nintendo games. Remember, this happen. is in-game audio and sound design. This is not score. <laughs> 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 I mean, Zelda does have pretty sounds in it. It is yeah. very relaxing. There's not a lot of music in it. I hope it's not Mario. This freaking Cappy's voice drives me up a wall. It's just the same Mario sounds that have always wow. been Mario sounds. Let's go. Mario. Doink. <laughs> like, whatever. I'm going Destiny 2. I'm, yeah. I don't think it will win, but I, I'm still going to go Hellblade on this. Alexa? Destiny. Destiny's Destiny. got to win something. I win like one Brit? thing. Throw a bone. Throw a bone. Throw it a bone. Anything. Keep PUBG out of there. I think Zelda will probably win that award, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> Fucking Zelda. I hate you. I don't hate you. I just no. hate that you win things. Uh, best score music. Including I think Zelda's gonna win. Inclusive but- of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. So, that's important to remember. Destiny 2, Cuphead, Near Automata, Legend of Zelda, Ooh, Super Mario Odyssey, Persona 5. Why is Super Mario Odyssey in this freaking category? Is it because of that stupid... Pretty, the music's pretty good in Mario. Right, but is I it because like- of the, the jumping song? Because, like, that's great. <laughs> uh, Near. I'm voting for Near. Near? I, I, I think I think Near will take this category. Because... Say Persona eh. 5. Okay. Okay. Never it, see it, it coming. It will be, <laughs> it will be near or persona because I know a lot of critics really praise the soundtracks for those two games. Steimer? I'm torn. I'm going to go with Cuphead. I'm also going to go with Cuphead. Just because it's hot and I think that the sound, the music in that game is really good. The music in that game is very good and it's, it's a departure from what we really hear from, from video games. Um, best art direction, Destiny 2, Cuphead, Zelda, Persona, Horizon Zero Dawn. This is a really tough category. This is a creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and, and animation. Oh, geez. I feel, oh. I feel like this might be one of those categories Zelda wins, but shouldn't doesn't win. necessarily. Do yeah. That. I think, um, I really hope, I mean, her, I think hmm. Cuphead, I'm going to say Cuphead. I'm gonna go Horizon. I'm gonna. I'm just doing it. I'm gonna go Horizon too. <laughs> Robot dinosaurs. Yeah. Just gonna do it. The, I have never, never, never in my, coming. never in my life, stopped to take so many screenshots in a game as I did in Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't do photo mode. I'm not. I don't have the eye for it. I'm not a photographer. I don't like composition. I can do on video, but photos are a whole different beast, as any pro- professional photographer will tell you. I tried so hard to get good photo mode shots in Horizon just because I was continually in awe of how amazing the art is in that game. And the the cutscenes, all of them, even if you're talking to some random side quest person who doesn't really matter in the overall story, looks fucking incredible. Like, <laughs> we we need some like theme music that we play every time Andrea talks about Horizon. We yes, do. I like because the idea. You get you get excited like, dinosaur hands when you talk about Horizon. Yeah. It's really awesome. 
like motivational oh. music, you know? It's like the opposite of jazz. I'm one with the robots. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who are you picking? Horizon. Brit. Uh, Cuphead. Oh Diamond. For what? Ah! Art and animation. Zelda? Zelda. Okay. I don't think it deserves it, but I think it will win. Okay. <laughs> Best narrative for storytelling and narrative development. What remains of Edith Finch, Near Automata, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Wolfenstein 2, and Horizon Zero Dawn. This is, fuck, so many good games. Like, this is tough because Wolfenstein 2 is so excellent in right. narrative. Like, really, really, really well done by machine games. But, but Horizon's so good. And once you get to the end, Brit, you'll understand. Once you get to the end, Alexa, oh my goodness, you'll understand. Hear the music. There's the dinosaur hands. There they are. Dinosaur claw. <laughs> dinosaur hands. <laughs> I do think Horizon will win this. I do too. One. I'm just making little fists now. I think Horizon will win. One, because I feel like more people played Horizon than Wolfenstein. I feel like most of our peers maybe skated over Wolfenstein considering when it came out. Um, yeah. It came out the same day as Assassin's Creed and Mario. And I feel like yeah. of those three games, that one maybe got a little bit less of the attention it deserved, even though it's my pick for best narrative. But I think Horizon will win this one. Brett? I'll say Horizon because I trust your lady's opinion. But is there another game that you think would win? These games all have great narrative, but just hearing about how much you rave about it, Andrea, with your dinosaur claws and Alexa's like super into it. And obviously, Simon's been raving about it since the beginning. Like, you know, I know it doesn't, it takes a lot for you ladies to get so effing excited about like a game. So I will trust your excitement. Okay. Wait, what were the other, what was the other nominations? Go around. Edith Finch, Nier, Hellblade, okay, yeah. and Wolfenstein yeah. too. Nier was super fucking weird, so. Best game direction for a creative vision and innovation in direction and design. Wolfenstein 2, Resident Evil 7, Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, and Horizon. Zelda's going to take this one, even I though it should Zelda be Horizon. is going to win this. Zelda's going to yeah. win it. Mm-hmm. We put yeah, Link in I a agree. sandbox. I think <laughs> Horizon should win, but I think it'll win. Uh, Zelda will win. Says the woman wearing the Breath of the Wild poncho. I know. Zelda I, this entire all right, podcast. Look, 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 <laughs> look. I everyone's voting Zelda, right? Look, yeah, yeah. I loved the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It was a great game. I'm still playing it, and I'm going to really dig into it when the new like story based DLC comes out. However, a lot of the open world mechanics of it are open world mechanics that have been done better. And like I was saying earlier, if you listened to the last. Um, segment of the podcast when I talked about um, developmental iteration and how Horizon surprised me because it took a lot of gameplay elements from games that I played before and really built on them and developed them and tweaked them in a way that made them fresh, but they were still familiar. I don't think Zelda does that. It just takes out all the dungeons and replaces them with a bunch of little tiny mini dungeons, which is cool. And then the open world has been done has been done better elsewhere and has been done elsewhere before. So it's a new thing for Zelda, but it's not a new thing. It's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't call it developmental iteration. I would call it like adaptive iteration. Like Zelda knew it had to change or die. And that's what it decided to do. I'm really excited to deep dive on this convo for our game of the year discussions. Yeah. Maybe that story DLC will make me feel different because you know about me. I'm nerdy for narrative. <laughs> nerdy for I narrative. I want that I nerdy for narrative should be on a button or a t-shirt. I was going to say you know who I got that, You know who I got that phrase from? 
Ken Levine because he said to oh, me, "Excellent." He well, he said to me, "You're nerdy for narrative, Thanks for right?" The merch idea, Ken Levine. Get, get the get the big daddy. He said to me, "You're nerdy for narrative, right?" And I said, "Oh, that's a great phrase. I'm going to use it forever and never attribute it to you, but I'm attributing it to you now." Thanks. We got to put it on Thanks, a T-shirt. Ken. Thanks, right. Ken. G O T Y. Oh Jesus Christ! You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. It's gonna be Mario. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be yeah, Mario. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Mario. Mario. Odyssey, PUBG, Persona Five, Horizon Zero Dawn. I can't fucking believe that PUBG's dominated. Can I just say it again? I told you, ladies, it was. Gonna I don't happen. think it has Let's a chance. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. I, I can't oh, fucking believe PUBG is, is not dominated. <laughs> I, I didn't, I did, I have no idea what you're doing because we're on a delay here slightly. Oh, <laughs> What's fine. going on? It sounded so listen, real like, good. We named a bunch of different categories. Was PUBG in any of these categories except for best multiplayer and best ongoing game? No. Nope. You know why? Because it didn't excel in any of the other categories. Now I've had people reach out to me on Twitter and reach out to me on Facebook and other places and be like, hey, Andrea, you know, it doesn't need to be excellent in all of these other categories to be game of the year. I had a lot of fun playing this game. I got to meet friends and it was my favorite game. So it's my game of the year. And I say to you, that's perfectly fine. It can be your personal game of the year. But in a setting like the Game Awards, where there is critical analysis of several types of games over several different categories, looking at all of the different tenets of game design, I say to you, if you cannot nominate PUBG for, let's look at the nominations here, for game direction, narrative, art and animation, music, audio, voice, if it cannot be nominated for those, then why is it in the game of the year category? Right. Like, so the thing that really, like, the thing that annoys me the most about PUBG being on this list is that these categories and the nominees were chosen by nomination of the judges. So our peers out there, which camera are we using? This one? Is it this one? The is it little, that, the, the little one? one? <laughs> what are, why? Like, you did this. You are the reason this is happening. And I am disappointed in every single one of you. Some of you I've worked with in the past. I don't think I respect you anymore. This is, <laughs> it's not, it's not cool. Like you said it best. Like of all of the things that were nominated and all these great art direction and sound and design and combat and all of these achievements in game development that are so amazing. You're going to vote for a game where a hundred people hit each other with frying pans and like jump out of a plane and run around in circles. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, I just think of the, I think of all the work that went into all of these other games, like Horizon and Persona and, and, and the, and, and Zelda and Mario. And like, yeah, okay, like we're thinking like Zelda isn't as good as these other things, but it's still way freaking better than PUBG. Like I am just mad as all heck and it's your fucking fault. <laughs> oh, that was good, Alexa. Who did it? I want to know nice who did friend. it. I want to know who did it. I want to know which one I of you guys. PUBG is mainly there for the conversation i don't i can't imagine people actually voting for it to win right well like is you people and you people that also run podcast groups like ours and work in editorial and are we're like decided to say enough of you decided to go hey yeah let's nominate PUBG for game of the year that it's now happening so like what the heck just because it's popular yes thank you Brittany. 
just because it's popular and everyone's tweeting about it and fapping about it and posting videos about it doesn't mean that it's good. It's just popular and popular and good are two oh my God, separate boy. things. You did this. I mean, for me, it's it's slightly frustrating. It's more than slightly frustrating because I think of a game like Divinity Original Sin 2 that, granted, I absolutely love Alexis now hiding under her poncho. <laughs> she looks like a blueberry. Where'd you go? <laughs> I feel like oh, a blueberry. No, you're Holy into salt. <laughs> you know, I am blue an and bloated indie- and angry. <laughs> that was, you know what happens? That was made by an independent developer that wasn't even nominated for best indie game, has sold over a million copies, and has done, I think, phenomenal work. And it's like, I mean, I don't know if it would have been nominated for game of the year. But still, the fact that Player Unknown Battlegrounds is on there, and like, I feel like a game like Divinity is much more deserving of that nom. It's like, I even feel like Assassin's Creed would have made more sure, sense. Sure, sure. Right. What the shit? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, what the totally. shit? Wolfenstein 2. Yeah. Play. Edith Finch. There's a bazillion games. Cuphead. Maybe, maybe not a bazillion, but like, there's literally hundreds of games that would deserve to be on the list over we, we had okay but let's just say it's on there we probably need to move on from this conversation yes, or yes, we'll yes, be yes, talking yes. about it for until the end of time yes, in okay. a world in which we had okay. a, the embarrassment of riches you fucking pick PUBG. okay here's the thing i believe in horizon 100 and you guys know this but i think zelda's gonna win yeah yes Hand i down. think zelda's gonna win it even though i think it's horizon i got another fitbit notification <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we all believe that Zelda is going to win Game of the Year. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And like, listen, I'm not going to be mad if Zelda wins. I'm going to no. be like, Zelda was an I'm excellent game. I'm going to be a game. little salty. I, that's your rule. You're allowed. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't mean it like that. Summer, you can I love never. You. I know. You can I know, never enjoy you. anything. I was, only to, I was trying to make a joke, and it didn't turn out great. Um, well, that was a good joke. So. <laughs> I think I, I I would be happy and comfortable with Zelda winning. Um, it wasn't our personal pick. And obviously we'll be playing more games between now and when we have our game of the year conversation. Um, and maybe, as Alexa said, when the Champions Battle stuff comes out, uh, we'll reevaluate how we feel about Zelda. Um, not to say that we hate it, because I know some of you have written into the podcast before and been like, hey, why are you guys such Zelda haters? We do not, not hate it. In fact, we're the opposite. And Britt will attest, she loves Zelda more yes. than probably anybody. We are critical. <laughs> and we are Alexa's critical because we love wearing it. a poncho. Yeah. I'm wearing yeah. the Zelda poncho. We're critical because we love it. And we love what it did, but we thought that it could, you know, it could, looking right. at all the, looking at all the things that came out this year, we want to make sure that games that really went out of their way, like, you know, Horizon, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Assassin's Creed, like Cuphead, like get their due, like, Edith Finch, get their due because they have, again, developmental iteration or made something totally new and fresh. We don't want something to just get a shiny award because it's an entry in a beloved franchise and it's popular. Again, popular and like good are two separate things. Like we want to make sure, we want to make sure like these awards are supposed to be like encouraging and award the people that go out of their way to do something new and different. And I just want to, we want that to happen. Yeah, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, then I promise we can end this show. Um, cause we're on like two hours, two and a half hours. Oh, um, man. is that, you know, again, Zelda's, it's a great game, but I don't want to get, it's unhealthy for the game, for the franchise, if we praise it to no end when there are so many things it could improve upon. Cause I don't want Nintendo to think like, hey, this is what everyone loves. There's no reason for us to like advance and grow because as we know, they like to reuse the same formulas over and over again. 
And so while I think it's definitely deserving of certain awards, there are some things that it needs to improve upon. And by praising its glory, like I said, it, it just it's not the best thing for it. That's all. We love you. All right. So tally up your scores, ladies and gentlemen. How did you do? Let us know. Um, you can tweet to us. We will, of course, next week on the show, uh, give you our scores and rundown of how we did. Some of us might even, again, be on Mars by this point. Like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe that would be a mighty, mighty powerful backflip. I gotta no, say. No, she's um, gonna saber claw up, right? Isn't that what it is? It's like those glitching saber tooths cats saber in tooths. Skyrim. They just yeah. spin away, spin away into the ether <laughs> and disappear. But we hope that you guys had a good time watching the awards and, um, just a preemptive shout out of appreciation to Jeff Keeley and his entire team. The -hmm. thing that, you know, people don't understand is that without him and the work that his team does, we wouldn't have this amazing, um, topic of conversation, this amazing event that celebrates the art and the industry of video games and gives us something really cool to look forward to. And I, can't express to people like you can make memes and make jokes at at Jeff's expense if you want. But what he does is super important for our Mm -hmm. industry at large. And I just wanted to say, yeah, like how appreciative and obviously like I work and working with him at the game awards. And so I'm being paid by the game awards, but even when I wasn't working with them, I felt this way because we just we don't get a chance to celebrate games very often. We don't have the American Music Awards and the Oscars and the SAG Awards and all of these other things that so many other industries have. You know, we've got this and, you know, like this is like the only really public facing thing we have. Like the Dice Awards and the GDC Awards are very like industry focused and aren't really consumer based. And this is like this is it. This is our big thing. And it's exciting. I'm sorry I yelled. Don't be sorry you yelled. It's fine. Um, but we are going to wrap it up um, by saying another thank you to all of our awesome Turbo patrons and above. Again, if you guys want to get in, if you didn't hear your name called and you want to hear your name called, go to patreon.com slash what's good games. And don't forget, we also have holiday apparel in a limited run available on Teespring. You can find um, that information on whatsgoodgames.com. You can go to teespring.com slash whatsgoodholiday if you would like to check it out there. Um, that stuff is going to be available for a few more weeks. And uh, we will be back next week with um, some more talk about video games. We hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.